and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Each and every one of you for joining us tonight. Thanks so much for your belief and trust in us as we uh, consider and look into what the headlines are, what the news is behind the headlines. Um, folks, we broadcast live each every weeknight, uh, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. And thank the Global Star Radio Network for, for uh, thank you so much for your, for carrying our program. Also, BTR, and of course, YouTube Live. Thank you so much. Um, don't forget, we've got uh, two different websites, HagmanReport.com. There, when you're on HagmanReport.com, look at look for the old time radio show descriptions for the entire week. The subject did change, but not generally speaking, it's pretty solid. And then um, also, if you are a business, if you are a business and you want to get the product out there, your product out there, your service out there, look for advertise with us. It should be right there on top, and read through what we can offer you. Give you the same kind of benefit as. Uh, uh, huge companies like ProFlowers and Omaha Steaks and other, other such, uh, big corporations for a fraction of the price. Uh, we, we, in fact, we, uh, we broadcast in, uh, uh I think what was it, 70 some million downloads last year, 60 some, I, I don't know, it was millions, uh, of downloads in, uh, a hundred and some odd countries. So we're all over the place. Um, We've got a great, great show lined up for you today as well. Um, we want to mention Joe, uh, Julian Assange had sent a, a Twitter message out today. And to me, I, I retweeted it on my personal account. And I'm trying to find, uh, I'm trying to find what he sent. I saw the story. Yeah. Well, the uh the situation is this and i just want to touch on this very briefly people need to understand that that we have an infiltration i i think the infiltration of the government agencies he, he was tweeted about, sorry to interrupt he tweeted about hillary clinton yes wanting mike pence to be yes the president because he is more predictable and controllable something like that i, I can't i didn't find the tweet right away but um and there was something else that he he put out there also. That, well, that. that that was the key, and and I think here's here's what I think. I think we need to really pay attention to what he has sent, because the information we're getting at the ground level from these fascist, from these communist groups, the information we're getting from these communist groups at the ground level is there 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 are multiple fronts being opened against Donald Trump as president that include many on the republican side big surprise there right folks yeah uh but but there's this very strange thing going on with uh with the Pence Trump relationship at least as it stands with the Groups, the fascist groups, or the—I shouldn't even use fascist groups because that's not right. The communists, the, the groups that want communists uh, in the control, and we've seen this really since the 
the close of the Second World War, you had this communist infiltration of our State Department of all levels of the government. Uh, Stefan Molinet uh, did a tremendously great job back in January, and you'll have to look at this. It's a three, I think a three and a half hour long video of McCarthy, about Joseph McCarthy and about McCarthy being correct. Well, if you, if you advance that, that template to the current day, uh, and then you look back at, at the previous administrations, although I would not call Obama an administration as much as a regime, you look back at that, you'll see that the infiltration, there's a, there's an atheistic communist infiltration of our government, and then there's the Islamic infiltration in our government. And the Islamic aspect really took off during, uh, Obama. Big surprise there. Like I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But the communist, atheist, communist, humanist infiltration really grabbed a hold of, uh, was really propelled, propelled during Obama. Bush did not do much. I've got to tell you, Bush did not do much to stop it either. And Clinton, that being William Jefferson Clinton, did a whole lot to advance it. So you have you know, William Jefferson Clinton just advancing the atheistic, humanistic agenda operatives within the various uh, levels of government. Bush came in, really did not do a whole lot to to stem the tide of that influx, and then Obama came in, and in addition to the the atheistic, communistic, humanist uh, infiltrators that really were not are not loyal to the United States, um, you had Muslim infiltrators in the form of Muslim Brotherhood operatives and uh, agents, as well as other type of Islamic recruits in the government. So when Donald Trump assumed office and said, I'm going to drain the swamp, and I just want to, I can close it out by saying this. The the swamp was extremely crowded. It continues to be crowded. And the process by which uh, President Donald Trump has to clean out the swamp, and, and I spoke to Dave Hodges about this on Sunday, I think that he's being very measured at what he's doing. I mean, just imagine taking over, um, okay, imagine moving into a house that's infested with bugs and termites. Well, uh, you can burn the house down. That, that would certainly get rid of them. Um, or, or you can tackle the problem. You wouldn't move in necessarily right away, but you, I mean, or, or whatever you do, but you, you would tackle the problem uh, incrementally, especially if you had to reside inside that structure. And, and that's kind of what I would compare this to. The level of infestation is, is much greater than anyone had ever imagined. And this is what we're seeing. So the, the response is, okay, I, I'm not going to, I can't burn my own house down. Be, in other words, you can't, can't torch the country. The government still has to be functional. Um, so the the problem, and I'm not making excuses at all, and I don't want it to seem like I'm making excuses for Donald Trump, um, and that does not excuse, you know, his appointments like Mnuchin and, and others. Maybe that might, I I just I, I don't know. I'm not even going to speculate on that. But the people I'm speaking to, at the ground level of the meetings that are taking place, as well as uh, at least one insider DC 
insider is saying that the problem is much greater. And the other aspect of this, uh, and again, I spoke with Dave Hodges on this, is like, you know, well, he should just go in and just fire everybody. Well, that's, yeah, that's one way. Um, but, but I, I think that, again, I think that, you know, you've got to have a government, um, as a, still a functional government. And, and there's a lot of, just a lot of things taking place behind the scenes. The other aspect is with respect to the pedagate scandals and the, the, the larger scandals, uh, uh, for example, the Hillary Clinton issue. We know that Bill and Hillary and Chelsea Clinton ran the foundation, the Clinton Foundation. We know that that was a pay-to-play type of operation while she was Secretary of State. We know that there was a huge Russian connection to the Clinton uh, Global Initiative and the Clinton Foundation. It's funny because, I mean, isn't it funny that, that, that they're blaming or that they're, they're accusing Donald Trump of of uh, this this relationship with Russia when, in fact, Hillary Clinton as Secretary of the State did more uh, with respect to this than any other any other uh, public official. Not and only that, money of money off of it. But those that um, were part of her uh, campaign, like John Podesta, it came out that he lobbied to get sanctions lifted from a Russian bank and was paid very handsomely for that. And many others in the uh, Clinton campaign um, did the same thing that they're accusing Trump of meeting with Russian officials during the uh, campaign season and whatnot. Um, and it, we talked about this before. It's a, it's projection. These people, and it, we've seen it more blatant in this last election cycle and in the news media the last year than we've seen at any other time in, in history how the, these people will accuse their opponents of what they're guilty of. Yeah, even exactly. without evidence, without facts, without anything. And then what, what's different now is that the media, you know, one thing that's real interesting from the Russian hacking story to this wiretapping claim of Trump, uh, both are scheduled to go to uh, hearings on March 20th, next Monday, I believe that is. While there is no evidence of any kind of collusion between, you know, the Russians and the Trump campaign, the media runs with it as though it's fact. Right. They don't have any proof. There's never been any proof established. Um, and at the same time, with this wiretapping claim, they're, they're trying to make it sound like Trump is backtracking on his words because they're, they're saying, oh, you know, Trump talked about wiretapping my, having his phone wiretapped. And he didn't mean computers. And Sean Spicer came out the other day and said, well, you can wiretap somebody from a number of different ways. You can, it's not just phones. You can use computers. You can use a whole host of different, um, you know, things that encompasses the, in the definition of wiretapping. But now, you know, you have these, these same people in the media who refuse to, who continue to push the Russian narrative without any proof or evidence whatsoever, turn around and demand instant proof from Donald Trump about his claims and saying how reckless it is for him to uh, throw out these accusations without having the evidence. Yeah, yeah, and you've got uh, no no friends of Don, uh, President Donald Trump. You've got um, um, John McCain, who I believe is a globalist extraordinaire. I think that that's been pretty well laid out. You've got Lindsey Graham, a very tight neocon, uh, friends with uh, McCain. You've got many, uh, and Paul Ryan, um, 
And, and you know, Robert David Steele has talked about this as well about the the, the friends in in inside Congress. And and I, I got to tell you too, now his uh, crew of people that he suggested getting together, you know, talking, uh, Maxine Waters. I, I I frankly I just can't get my my mind around that. I don't no, agree no, with him on that. Did he say Maxine Waters? Yeah, he did. You sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But 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 Cynthia that's okay. McKinney, we, Ron Paul or Cynthia McKinney. Yeah, she's. I'm right. sorry. Yeah, it, it's just it, it, it's it's still you know you're looking at this and and I I guess we but well the bottom line is this we cannot look at Republican and Democrat anymore it's not that anymore it's never been there it hasn't been that for the longest of times it's globalist versus uh, the non-globalist and I don't want to use the word nationalist because that has negative connotations but uh, with this you're you're just seeing this. This narrative being being pushed right now of um, Donald Trump is, as you pointed out, is not offering any proof of wiretapping, and, and as you point out as well, <laughs> you know that wiretapping is uh, includes many other aspects of things. What's funny is the I saw um, a video clip of Shepard Smith today. Yeah, and I know I he he's very anti-Trump. Uh, but he's another one. You know, these people, he, he referred to the news reports of Trump being wiretapped from the New York Times to the Washington Post back in January and in December, uh, January of this year, December of last year. Um, they won't talk about that evidence. Well, see, the, certain the, the New York Times. Times. They refuse well, to, to right. even mention it. And then they continue to say, where's the proof? Where's the evidence? Wait, wait uh, a second. You, know, you mean the proof Smith, that the wiretaps yes, was yes, reported? Yes, the New York Times reported yes, wiretap evidence. They won't talk about that. And then take it a step further. Um, what was I just saying? Uh, Shepard Smith. Sorry about that. Shepard Smith talked about he. Re- okay, so uh, Hannity, Bill O'Reilly, Fox and Friends. What is that in the morning? Fox and Friends. Yeah, and then yeah. okay. So those shows I know for sure had Levin on to talk about um, that that article he put together. Um, detailing the timeline and everything about the FISA applications and the warrant requests and the ones that were rejected and the ones that were accepted. Shepard Smith referred to it uh, as an alt-right fake news story from an alt-right radio host. Um, and I just I saw okay. it. And, and that's yeah. Well, Shepard Smith is is a spoiled little rotten brat anyway. I mean, he's right up there with uh, and uh, uh, yeah. Well, I didn't want to say that on there because. Has that been verified that he's uh, uh, not he plays for the other team? No, or what? I haven't seen any right. proof. But if I had to, uh, I, yeah, okay. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, but but, no, but, matter. but 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 you know what? Well, well some might argue to the contrary. But um, this we are we are we are still in this coup that's taking place, and the coup by um, Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch, the Yak, Clinton. She's not going away, and Obama. Why he's not, not going away. Why is she not going? If anybody should go, she's she not going away. First to go away. It, 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 okay, she lost she a can't, ton of money, just with, like Obama. No matter what happens to Trump, neither of those two are ever going to be in power ever again. It doesn't matter. They got money. But, but see, she, okay, she's struggling for continued relevance, as is Bill Clinton. Although Bill Clinton is more a party guy. Let me have my swimming pool, my champagne, my cigar, my Monica, and I'm fine. Okay, and leave me alone, Hillary. And Hillary, however, is, is the the powerhouse, wanting the power. She's a power hungry witch, 
in my view, that uh, is going after the uh, going after Donald Trump because she does believe, and and uh, this is the information we're getting. She believes that she could still, she still has a chance at power at some level once Trump, Donald Trump, is taken out of the picture. You see the. Uh we talked about flyers for her going up in New York City, Hillary for mayor. Hang on a second. Eric the Tech, are we having technical glitches? Okay. Because I'm, I'm getting on the monitors, I'm getting like this. Can you do this? Um, so, <laughs> okay, I, I'm just seeing some jerky movements there. All right. But, yes, yes. Hillary believes at some level that she can get back in power. And she's got a whole, I don't want to say a fan club, but a whole base of supporters behind her. Including the the pussy hat wearing, and I can say that because that's what they're called. Yeah. Well, two, last week there were two stories that came out that didn't go well for for Hillary. One, they did a there was a maybe Oxford or Harvard did a a redo of the debates, the presidential debates, switching the gender roles, making the woman candidate use the exact same lines that Donald Trump used during the debate and a male candidate to represent what Hillary Clinton was saying in her message. And the liberal crowd there overwhelmingly agreed with Donald Trump's, but it was a woman presenting Trump's arguments. Um, even though after the fact, when they were all told this, what was really going on, they refused to even uh, say that Donald Trump was <laughs> was any better in their in their minds, even though uh, they agreed with what he was saying more so than what Hillary was saying, and they absolutely disliked the Hillary candidate who was, whose role was played by a man. And then the New York story. There's been flyers going up all around New York City, Hillary Clinton for mayor. And yeah, yeah. she, well, she's there was not a poll done. Well. No, yeah. there was a poll done. I think it was 59 or 63% of people in New York City said absolutely she should not run um, for the mayor, that they would not vote for her no matter what. Which, if, if that's the case, I mean, New York City is one of the most... It's like California, parts of California. It's very liberal. Um, de Blasio is a disaster anyway, or a, just a, a communist uh, son of a, you know what. So I guess what, de Blasio. what I meant to say about them not having power, they could, in theory, regain power through a surrogate or, you know, through somebody who is affiliated with them or have some influence by having the ear of somebody who's in power. But for Hillary Clinton and Obama... They have no future well, of holding any no, Obama's, in the U.S. of any yeah, Obama is going to be the leader of the free world. That's what he. That's what he is aspiring to be. Of the no, I shouldn't say free world of the world. That's what he's aspiring to be. That's what Obama's doing, and he's got this army out there through all of these organizations that they're trying to overthrow, throw roadblocks in, but ultimately overthrow the Donald Trump. Government and also destroy the Western culture as it stands. And you know, it's, it's a damn shame that the, and, and I would love to see Donald Trump open up Obama's records, unseal the records by executive order that were sealed by executive order. I want the truth to come out as to who this, who this, uh, this, this, uh, Muslim in chief was, is, that is. And I, I want to know too. Um, about, about uh, his surveillance programs and the fact that he, you know, in his parting shot too. I mean, he, he left so many, Obama left did so many parting shots by funding uh, the Palestinians and funding Hamas and and uh, the the pardons, the commutations, the uh, the wiretapping. The I mean, I can go on and on and on. 
but but it, now there's another thing here too. There's there's this interesting dynamic between the Hillary camp and the and the Obama, uh, Hillary camp and the Obama camp. There's not a lot of love between them, but there's a lot of common ground between them. So at the higher levels, you've got from this is the information I'm getting. You've got uh, kind of a distaste for one another, but at the lower levels, you've got this this coexistence and facilitation of, of purpose of, among these two groups, both of which are, com- well, Hillary is communist slash satanic, and you got Obama, which is the Islamic uh, Sharia, however, more of a communist uh, style. Communism is the common ground between the two. One is the Islamic type of oppressive uh What's going on? And then over here on Hillary, you've got the satanic slash atheist, humanist, communist, but they're both communist. And, and that, that's, this is what, in at the top, like I said, there's not a lot of love and not a lot of interaction between the two principles, but their, their goals are the same, and that's to eradicate Trump. Um, and I do want to say this as well. The, uh, Preet Bahara, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of conversation about Preet Bahara. The uh, U.S. Attorney, Southern District of New York, would not uh, having to be told to vacate. There's a lot of conversation about that. Now, don't forget, he's the one that that sentenced uh, Dinesh D'Souza, who is on our program, to two years in prison for a minor um, uh, campaign violation that Democrats exploit and walk from all the time. Bahara, there's there's we're looking, and you're going to hear this first right now. We are looking at a couple of things that are taking place with the Southern District of New York and spreading out under this session's Department of Justice. And that is this. There will be, I don't know if it's going to be in a week or two or five or six or whenever. I don't know. But it's my understanding that there will be some higher level profile arrests on the Pedigate uh, scandals. Now we've seen I this. Believe you. I don't. I don't uh, no, okay, I'm not Pedigate. talking about Hillary Clinton no, doing no, no, the no, walk. No, no. Okay, I'm talking about. The, I know. I know. The lower, the higher of the low. I know okay. exactly what you're saying. Uh, again, you've got you've got some really peeved New York City and uh, task force officers, agents. You got some. I mean, you talk about upset. Yeah, throwing back some. Beers and shots, and you know, shooting, shooting their forty fives off. I mean, that upset because what was found has not been acted upon. <laughs> That's just the way it is. But you watch, watch for this incremental, and it may start with Anthony Weiner. It may start by them twisting the the, uh, the wires on on Weiner. I don't know. There is a game plan out there, but it's. You know, it's the difference between reacting to something and responding to something. There's a, there's a huge difference between the two. A, a, a plan works best when it's planned well. And this, I, I do believe this is what is taking place, but I, I, there's pushback on this. This is really one of the core issues as well. This pedophilia that's rampant throughout the government at all levels of the government and in academia and in Hollywood. By the way, we're going to be talking about this at Awaken to the Shaken Conference 
folks, sign up to that May 5th and 6th. Exclu- and this is something, and I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I'm going to be presenting courtroom ready exhibits. Okay, at the Awaken to the Shaken conference, and we've got about 200. I don't know if we can get them all in. Um, that's going to segue nicely with Russ Dizdar, but if you haven't signed up already, May 5th and 6th, Awaken to the Shaken Conference, go to uh, com and sign up. Register. It's free. You can't, uh, money back guarantee. It's free if you're disappointed. But, uh, uh, seriously, it, it, this is stuff that we have not shown anywhere. And we have not, it's going to be exclusive to those in attendance. It's not going to be streamed out anywhere. Right. And, and just to give people an update, yesterday there was only 80 seats left available. No, yeah, I'm not sure that, yeah, leave it at that because. So sign up. Yeah. Sign up. Sign there. up. Yeah. Do so. Because you're not going to want to miss this. Absolutely. Not. All right. Uh, the other thing too, uh, well, you go ahead. Go ahead. Well, we only got about a minute minute and a half left until the break. Randall Terry will be joining us uh, in the next segment. Uh, Pastor Mike Spaulding will be joining us in hour two, and then we will close out with Stan Deo in hour number three. Um, we were talking, and folks, go to HagmanReport.com. Um, check that daily for, for the news updates. Um, I posted a bunch of stuff up there today. Still have more stuff to, to oh, post. Can, can I just interrupt you? I'm sorry. Go for it. Okay, I just I just saw something here, and I wanted to, I got an email, um, got an email from uh, uh, I won't even say the name, saying you know what, it doesn't matter what you have, no one's going to do anything about this. Uh, let me tell you, folks, what I present to, what we present at the Waking of the Shaken conference will be will be delivered to Congress, will be delivered to law enforcement, and we can tr- trust me on that. But and all we can do is do our part in putting together what we can put together, and passing the information forward to agencies and, and law enforcement personnel. Who it's up to them to decide and what they're allowed to do with it and not do with it. We investigate, they prosecute. But if they don't, we can say we did our part, and and you'll have that information. Absolutely. But the worst thing we can do is drop the ball, not do anything, expecting everybody else to pick up that slack. We are up against our our break. Uh, When we come back, we will be joined by Randall Terry, so don't go anywhere. Uh, We're going to hit some important subjects, current events. Um, There's some interesting news on Turkey. We're going to get into him. Uh, Or Drogan is talking about unleashing millions, millions and millions of immigrants as migrant deal has ended, he says. And he's talking about flooding the West with more immigrants and refugees. But when we come back, we'll touch on this with Randall Terry after these short messages. Stay with us. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. 
T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of End Times Fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Week Reviews boldly states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. By the way, we did, um, I'm going to mention this. For the Awakened at the Shaken Conference, May 5th and 6th, uh, given the sensitive nature of what we're going to be talking about, we did have to, uh, we did, we, we've got a security uh, detail there. So trust us when we tell you that that's going to be something you're going to want to see. Not the security detail, but the information that we present that, in fact, we're going to turn over to, uh, federal, state, and, in some cases, local authorities, as well as, um, again, this has not been seen. This is not going on YouTube. This is not going anywhere, uh, except that the people who are present at that conference will see it. And then it's going to be turned over to law enforcement, and we'll see what happens. And then perhaps we'll publish it, but, but that's how it's going to play out. Folks, if you like what you're hearing, I, uh, even if you're listening on Global Star BTR, we invite you please to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We were seeing YouTube, uh, uh, and, and I'm sure this is, I'll bet you that our next, uh, our guest, uh, here this, uh, this segment 
is experiencing the same thing, censorship, uh, on, on YouTube. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as, uh, our next guest, uh, social feed, uh, the YouTube, whatever. Subscribe because we need to get the word out, please. And thank you. Joe, I'm going to turn it over to you. Our guest this segment is Randall Terry. He's been a guest on the, on the show a number of times. And um, he's back, and we're going to get in, get right into it. Mr. Terry, welcome back to the Hagman Report. It's good to be back, gentlemen. I really appreciate the honor and the privilege of being with you. Yeah, we appreciate having uh, having you with us, man. It's good to, good to see you. Good to good to talk with you. A lot of stuff going on. You got North Korea, South Korea. You got the Middle East. You got uh, Syria. You, I mean, where to start? <laughs> Well, the North Koreans are the Chinese dog on the chain, and the Chinese love the North Koreans because everyone is distracted by a barking dog. True. As long as the North Koreans are yipping, the Chinese are going forward with building all of their fake islands throughout the South China Sea so that they can claim its territorial waters and try and control commerce for that entire region, not to mention the military strength. So, um, And that's probably the most undercovered story. In the last few months, uh, as the media has obsessed over Donald Trump and his his surprise victory and him actually doing the things he said he would do. So you and I could wake up one morning and find out literally that we are in a shooting war with the North Koreans or that we have fired upon Chinese ships or Chinese aircraft who were either menacing our ships or did some kind of a strafing or an attack on us. So, um, well, okay, we, Mr. Turner, let me ask you this: as you, because you're the professional here, not us. We're just, we're just. I don't, I don't know of, about that, but thank you. Well, well, I mean, you've got your, you got your hand, your finger in the pulse of, 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 you know, the geopolitical world and especially the Islamic world. But, but having said that, out of the entire geopolitical landscape, what do you see as our biggest threat right now? Do you see the the Korean threat or Korea slash China? Or is it in Syria, or is it Iran, or is it all of the above? Uh, you woke up tomorrow <laughs> and open the open the newspaper, or turn on the television, see mushroom clouds. What would you, you know, would it surprise well, I, you? I, I, I think the short term threat. North Korea is a wild card. They've always been a wild card. We just don't know. But the the biggest threat, in my opinion, that is facing us is borderless. It is Islam. And I, my wife and I, actually, I'm not going to say if it was my wife, um, a person and I were talking before the show about my study in Islam and the difficulty that I had as an American to overcome hurdles intellectually. And uh, if I could tell you a quick story to, to just kind of set the table. Sure. Because all right, I, I really do think that the greatest threat that we're facing is Islam. And if if a rogue element in Pakistan was able to obtain one nuclear weapon, put it on a freighter, some type of a barge, and and sail it five miles off the coast of New York, one mile off the coast of New York, or Washington, D.C., or Jacksonville, pick your eastern seaboard city, or your west coast city. If they were able to detonate a nuclear weapon from the deck of a ship, then our lives as we know them would n- never be the same. So it's not just whether or not Iran will obtain 
a delivery system, uh, an intercontinental ballistic missile with the nuclear warheads. We're, we're already with nuclear warheads with Pakistan. So the, the issue is that the threat is the ideology. And when we were in the 1950s and the 1960s, the average American understood that the ideology of communism was a threat to our way of life. So fast forward into my life, 1978, I'm a freshman in Bible college. We're having a weekend of prayer. And one of the deans of the school gets up and talks about the Camp David Accords, which for, for your viewers who are too young to know what that is, President Jimmy Carter invited Menachem Begin, the leader of Israel, and Anwar Sadat, the leader of Egypt, to Camp David to negotiate a peace treaty between Egypt and Israel something that was unheard of, un, uh, unimaginable. And our, the dean of the student body, or one of the deans of the body said, let's pray, because here we have three leaders that are all practicing the three great monotheistic religions. One God, monotheistic, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. And he was saying how that we all pray to the God of Abraham. And he even prayed. Now, this is a devout Christian man, a good man. And he was praying, we, we pray to the God of Abraham that you would bring peace. He was really swept up in it. And I was, I don't know, 19, 20 years old, and I was swept up in it. Because I had no knowledge of Islam. None. And so when I look at President Trump's ban on, the, on travel from the, the six predominantly Muslim nations, my reaction today is very different than it would have been back then. My reaction today is, President Trump, you're not going far enough. This travel ban does not represent bigotry. This travel ban does not represent unfounded Islamophobia, as they say it. But this travel, travel ban represents knowledge. And that knowledge is is nothing that I had when I was a freshman in Bible college and I was being inspired to pray for the Camp David Accords. Now ultimately Israel and Egypt did in fact sign this peace accord and then it cost Menachem Begin his, I'm sorry, it cost Anwar Sadat his life. Anwar Sadat was assassinated by members of one of the spin-off groups of the Muslim Brotherhood and the reason he was assassinated is because Mohammed said, kill any Jew who falls under your power. Mohammed, the founder of Islam, said, the end of the world will not come until a Jew is hiding himself behind a rock or a tree, and the rock or a tree will say, there is a Jew hiding behind me, O Muslim, O servant of Allah, come and kill him. So when Anwar Sadat made a commitment to peace with Israel, he was betraying Muhammad. He was betraying Islam. And that's why there was outrage from the Islamic world that Egypt did that. And that's ultimately why he was assassinated. And so I didn't learn this when I was in Bible college. I did not learn it in my undergraduate classes uh, in the State University of New York when I was studying Islam. I learned it when I was studying for my master's degree in international terrorism, and I set out to read the documents of Islam.
I, I literally, I can confess to you that I have never read a book that is against Islam. When I began this long 10-year march of studying Islam, I only studied the words and the deeds of Muhammad and his early companions as recorded by the most devout Muslim historians. And so I had to go through this, this warping of my brain because, you know, here I am in 1978, a freshman in Bible college praying for peace in the Middle East and why can't we all get along? We all worship the same God. And then reading all of these documents that show, um, we can't get along because Muhammad, the founder of Islam and his companions were committed to the enslavement or the destruction of Judaism and Christianity and were committed to the public or to the destruction of the public worship of the Christian deity of Jesus Christ. They were committed to the destruction of the public worship of Jesus and the proclamation of the gospel. And so as I began to study all this material, I thought, oh my goodness, we're, we're in real trouble. This is actually a threat to us. And then I coupled that with traveling around the Middle East and studying the history of Islamic warfare and standing literally in the ruins of churches that once thrived with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Literally seeing the rubble of churches destroyed by Islam, just by Muslims, and where it's against the law to rebuild them. And literally, the cradle of Christianity now holds Islam. The Middle East used to be the cradle of Christianity, and we've lost it. So, if I had to pick, you know, my, as you mentioned, Doug, and I appreciate your, your kind words, my, my master's degree is in diplomacy and international terrorism. It's an international relations diplomacy. So, right. my study is in international relations. And, yeah, communism a threat is a threat. Red China is a threat. North Korea is a growing threat. But the menacing threat, the ideological threat that could plunge us into the deaths of hundreds of thousands or even millions of people, ultimately, is Islam. And Islam, with its greatest proponents like Al-Qaeda and Boko Haram and uh, ISIS and, and governments like Saudi Arabia, they are borderless. These ideological groups are borderless. And their mission is ideological and spiritual. And whereas with communists, because by creed, communists are atheists, and they're hedonists, they want lots of sexual activity here on earth, with as many people as they can, because they don't get anything after death, because there's nothing after death. There's no heaven, there's no hell, it's the end. So a communist wants to stay alive when he's fighting you and I. But a Muslim, well, he might like to get sex slaves here on earth like Muhammad, the founder of Islam, did. But if he doesn't and he dies in battle, he's promised 70 sexual slaves in heaven. So he's going to get booty, booty, and sexual slaves here on earth or he's going to get sapphires and jewels and and sexual partners in heaven. So he he's prepared to die. He's prepared to go and be married in heaven, whereas the communist isn't. So the Muslim is ready to die while he tries to kill you. The communist doesn't want to die. He wants to live. So the Muslim 
who really follows Islam, is a far greater threat because nothing but death can stop him. You, you can't reason with that. You can't negotiate. You can't broker a deal with somebody who's committed to your death or your enslavement or his own death. That's why I think that on the global screen, global scene, that the greatest threat is in, in fact Islam. I'm sorry it took so long, but I, I, I no, want okay. your viewers to, I, I want your viewers to not think I'm crazy, like, oh, this guy's just, you know, he hates other people's religions. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's understood. You're exactly right. And two things, just real quick, because this is your time. Uh, I've been rereading this book, M. Staten Evans, Blacklisted by History. This is about Joe McCarthy. Uh, it's not a, it's not a quick read. Um, this is about the McCarthy, uh, time behind McCarthy, blowing mm-hmm. out some of the, uh, the fake news. More to what you're saying. This book, Muslim Mafia. Um, now, that's not to say, this Muslim Mafia, by the way, uh, I have, I have never read the book, but I heard that it's really good and it it's is. an expose on, uh, CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations. It, it is. And the reason I brought these two up is because they, um, support your Work your video, your your DVD series. Um, they support you, everything you've done. The comment, the, the book about McCarthy. You know, everyone says, "Oh, that's McCarthyism." In fact, Donald Trump used that exact word, McCarthyism, in in the context of the wiretaps. However, McCarthy was correct. There was communist infiltration. If you, people wonder how the Soviet Union got the bomb and it, it, during the Manhattan Project, right. it was the communist infiltration. Yeah. What we have today in our first segment, we are talking about communist infiltration under the you know communist atheist under Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, but the Muslim infiltration, in particular under Obama, suddenly. They're, yes. they're bedfellows. This is what yes. you, this is exactly what you're talking about and what, you, what your work has shown. And you're exactly right. We could be looking at the shiny trinket of North Korea, the shiny trinket of China, when in fact, yeah, uh, one of our cities could be vaporized by, by these, uh, by the, um, roads, inroads laid into our government. And, and you, you do well in pointing that out. Well, if Iran was able to get a bomb, which they're on the path to doing, and they had a delivery system, some type of ICBM, intercontinental ballistic missile, then, and think about it, if, I, if Iran attacked us, well, we would, we would destroy Tehran. We would kill all their leaders. We, we would. That's how, that would be how we dealt with them. However, if I'm a Muslim, and I look at America as the great Satan, and I can please Allah, by destroying the capital of the great Satan, or New York City, the financial capital, or Hollywood in Los Angeles, the, the cultural capital. If I, could, if I could please Allah by destroying a major American city, and the, and the payback to me was that I was martyred. I was remembered in history as having attacked the great Satan, of helping bring America to its knees. I mean, you could see them getting whipped up. And then... When we were attacked in return, we the Muslims, we were attacked in return, I died as a martyr for Allah, and then I went to paradise. Well, who could quarrel with that deal? In other words, we just have to do the math. So, thank you. Um, by the way, I have to tell you guys, thank you for mentioning our TV series, What Will Muhammad Do? 
I'm going to um, I'm going to repeat the offer that we did the last time. Um, wow. You will remember you will remember that I on the on the on the spot I said, hey, anyone who orders our TV series or movie documentary, what would Muhammad do? We will give them our nine part series on the Muslim Brotherhood. Well, none of my staff knew it, and I found out after I got off the show we didn't have any. We were sold out. <laughs> so we see how to, you are. Yeah, I know. And I was I had people glaring at me. And even someone very close to me was like, you don't have the right to do that. You guys said, I can do that. It's my show. I can do what I want. So, um, And I was the guest on their show. So, yes, I can do it. So for those who have not seen our other times together, we produced a serial movie called What Would Mohammed Do? Islamic Terrorism Explained. Right. I'm going to give a website where they can watch the first episode for free. And if they like what they see, they can order the entire thing. And it's it's ten highly produced episodes dealing with sexual slaves, that Mohammed had sexual slaves. And that's why ISIS and Boko Haram capture women and use them as sexual slaves, because it's a part of Islam, and it's a part of Sharia law. We deal with anti-Semitism. We deal with killing cartoonists. We, dealing with, we deal with killing apostates. We deal with Muhammad's orders regarding jihad. There's Muhammad's orders regarding deception. All of this is here. And we show the turning point where Muhammad went from being a peaceful preacher, which he was for 10 years, to where he went from being a peaceful preacher to being the leader of jihad, an all-out war against people who stood against his message. It's all there. And then we have, in addition to those 10 episodes, we have another 10 episodes the deal with Muhammad and his words on Jesus and comparing the Bible to uh, uh, to the Quran. All kinds of stuff that we couldn't fit in the original 10, ten episodes. And I thought, I'm not going to have all this research go to waste. So that's for free. And then in addition to that, we have a nine-part television series on the Muslim Brotherhood. Okay. Again, only using the Muslim Brotherhood's documents. Only. All right. This is not a hit piece. This is, hey, this is what they say. So if, if someone wants to get these, if they want to watch uh, the episodes, they can go. I'm going to give a phone number for anyone who wants to call. Um, we can They can go to my website, randallterry.com, or they can go to WWMD. That's what would Mohammed do, WWMD.TV. Or they can also go to WWMD series, WWMDseries.com. And we have multiple players because we've been sabotaged. We've had people in powerful places rip our videos down. So I said to myself, well, that's, we're never going to let that happen again. We're going to have at least six pieces of redundancy so that those who hate what we're saying and hate the truth cannot silence us. That's why I give out multiple sites. I apologize. I don't mean no, to No, that's be fine. That's, that's good to do. Yeah. And we've, we've got some people too that, uh, folks, if you, if you have any issues with, with, um, the ordering process, make sure you send Randall Terry uh, an email. I, I think, I think we might have had uh, a minor blip, uh, because of the, the fact that you, I think you ran out or didn't have any. It doesn't matter. Oh, we, uh, yeah, so what happened was we usually ship in 24 hours, and we <laughs> we didn't get them for a week. So there were people who were stressed out, and, and I'll let everyone know that um, we have the DVDs in stock. The Muslim Brotherhood DVDs are there. Everything is there. And also, oh, we have an operator standing by. <laughs> we have one operator <laughs> one on operator. tonight. Okay. <laughs> well, then, then be kind, everyone. 
Well, no, they, but I got to tell you, it's a, it's a really a good, it, folks, I, I've seen the, the series, what he's talking about. You can wake up your pastor, your friends, your uh, people you work with. I mean, this is a fantastic, uh, Fantastic offer as well. I, I wasn't really planning on doing that, but or you know, planning on hearing that. But I'm glad you're doing it again uh, because I think it's so important that, that people really get the truth and understand. I, listen, as, as I told you the last time, you guys have been an inspiration to me, and I I thank you for the example that you have set. We're both broadcasters, and we both know how hard it is to do a daily show and how much work is involved, and. You're doing three hours a night. I, 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 said, I can't even imagine how you guys pull it off. So I'm honored to be with you and I'm honored to make this stuff available to your listeners. And I will tell you this, our greatest single source of sales right now is repeat customers. People who are, they're saying, this is unbelievable. They call up and say, I want to order four sets or ten sets. Because they're giving them to their pastor, their chief of police. Yep. They're giving them to their congressman. So uh, if, if I could, I'll give out that phone number sure. as well for, for the operator standing by. It's area code 304-289-3700. And sometimes I answer that phone, and usually it's another one of our staff. But, again, it's 304 289 3700. If you order the Wubba Muhammad Do series, we will send you the series on, um, on the Muslim Brotherhood for free. Man, that's incredible. And that, that is so informative. The Muslim Brotherhood. And now, let's apply it to current day. The threat, as you stated, the Muslim Brotherhood. We've got, we've got an infestation of Muslim yes. Brotherhood operatives in our government. And I yes. truly believe, just like during the days of McCarthy, they're giving, they have given out uh, national secrets to, to our enemies, and I believe that this is happening on an Islamic level. I mean, the, well, the, the, perhaps, perhaps more dangerous to us, or at least as dangerous, is that they're giving false data to their compatriots in the State Department and in the White House and in various government agencies. So if I'm a Muslim and I'm undercover, I'm in the State Department or I'm in the military, what's the best way that I can serve Islam short of committing assassinations? Well, it's to seduce people into taking down their guard. It's telling them that Islam is a religion of peace. Assuring them that Al-Qaeda and ISIS don't represent Islam in any manner, shape, or form. That is what CARE is doing. That is what the Muslim Brotherhood is doing. They're liars. They're, they're, they're just liars. And they're, they're happy to lie to us because Muhammad gave them the permission to lie to us as long as it furthered the cause of Islam. And that's that's what they're doing. I, I, I love that. You're, you're exactly right. And uh, I echo those sentiments. Um, care of the unindicted co-conspirators conspirators in the Holy <laughs> Land Foundation trial. Let's never forget that. Right, right. You know, and, and I got a cartoon in, in my email box today. Uh, a woman, This think, folks, think of this, uh, uh, you know, feminist in America wearing a... Uh, one of the head coverings. What is that? Hijab, whatever. Yeah, and and helping to to organize the march for women. Yeah, uh, it, after it's it's crazy. Well, the cartoon says this: to keep my mouth shut. Or, uh, I'm sorry. In my country, I'm forced to keep my mouth shut. Here, I'm free to talk trash about this country in hopes it changes into a country where I'm forced to keep my mouth shut. There it is. <laughs> I love it, and that's exactly true. And 
these agents, and that's what they are, but part of why I think that we're, I think that we're so uneasy, and I mean that, uneasy, and, and I don't mean guys like us who are entrenched in this, but I mean my average viewer, your average viewer, and average listener on, on the radio or on satellite, very uneasy about being called an Islamophobe or about the travel ban is because we are culturally American. We're not just citizens by birth and we're not just politically American, but we're culturally American. And by that I mean we're just tolerant of other people's religions. We just are. I mean, you've got Catholics and Protestants that a few hundred years ago were killing each other, okay? And it wasn't long ago in America where Catholics couldn't vote. But now, Catholics and Protestants hanging out, get along, we're just tolerant. So we can't imagine a religion committed to our destruction. And that's the problem. It makes us uneasy to think that a religion could possibly be a bad thing. Are we run out of time? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, we're we're going to have to have you back again because you're always such a powerhouse, a lot of information. We're, we're going to, uh, Mr. Terry, what we're going to do is going to continue to give out this number and the offer tonight. Thank you. Thank you, and thanks you're, for your time. Thank you. God Glad bless. to be with you guys. Thanks. All right. It's never enough time with Randall Terry, ever. Good to have six hours with him and never enough time. We're going to be right back. Stay right where you're at. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. What Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right, you need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Perhaps you're a business out there, a small business. Would you like to extend the reach of your business? I bet you would. Would you like to, to have the same opportunities as companies such as Omaha Steaks and Pro Flowers and Casper Mattress and some of the bigger companies out there? Would you like to have that same power? Advertise on our program. Go to HagmanandHagman.com or send an email to opportunities at HagmanandHagman.com. If you go to HagmanReport.com and HagmanandHagman.com, there's a link where you can, you can, you can, it's a big red box. You'll see it. You'll see it. Click on that link. And go ahead and read the benefits that we have created for you. I think it's I think it's a fabulous opportunity. For an-
investors, timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com, PreciousTimberProfits.com. Welcome back to this edition of the Hagman Report. Our guest this segment, or for this hour, is Pastor Mike Spaulding. Folks, go to his website, um, Soaring Eagle Radio. Thank you, Eric. I had it bookmarked here. I thought I did it. I don't know where I put it. Um, Pastor Spaulding has been a guest on our show um, a number of times, and he's joining us again for this hour. We've got a lot of stuff we're going to get into. He's got... Uh, some scriptures he wants to go over, and uh, we're going to get into that. But uh, as with permission with Mr. Spaulding before the, we came on, we're going to start with the current events. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, Pastor Spaulding, welcome back to the Hagman Report. Joe, it's good to be back with you, Doug. Thanks for having me back on. It's an honor and a blessing. Um, just to let you know, uh, Mike, that my my dad just had to step away from the desk. Um, he should be back shortly, but it's just you and me for right now. All right. Um, but yeah, let, let's start off with current events. There's a lot of pieces moving, um, yeah. both, uh, geopolitically, uh, with the, the presidency and the media, the culture of the climate of politics in America, the immigration issues, the, uh, I mean, there's just so much. The, the, uh, saber rattling of North Korea and to a lesser extent China. Um, yeah. Where, yeah. where do you want to start? What do you think is most important? Well, for for me personally, as I uh, survey what's going on uh, in the churches today, uh, the hot-button issue for me is the uh, immigration issues. And um, I refer to it candidly, Joe, as uh, a migrant invasion. Um, yeah. It's, it's not really a, uh, an immigration issue. This is an issue... Uh, from my perspective of national security, it's a uh, it's an issue that uh, our government uh, needs to do the right thing about, and and that of course leads into uh, some scripture. Yeah, <laughs> as, as you can imagine, um, as a as a pastor, as a Bible teacher, uh, I've been a, a Christian. For 34 years, and I've never seen anything quite like this, where such a a large amount of believers uh, are they are siding with um, the, this uh, migration invasion, uh, so to speak, 
Recently, there was a group of 500-plus so-called evangelical pastors, ministry leaders that wrote an open letter. I believe it was posted, uh, Joe, in the Washington Post, uh, full-page ad, uh, supporting uh, the continued migration invasion. That's my words, not theirs. Uh, and tried to do so from a biblical perspective. And, and I've got to tell you something, Joe. As I as I thought about that and uh, and chewed on that and 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 searched the scriptures, I cannot find any place uh, in the scriptures that supports that position. And I've heard all the arguments. I've read all the proof texts, and uh, they are sorely lacking for context uh, yeah. to support this. Um, uh, most of them being taken uh, out of the New T- or the Old Testament, and uh, to support uh, uh, how we are supposed to treat foreigners in our land, and, and so on and so forth. And I've pointed out in a number of conversations, Joe, with with uh, many people uh, over the last several weeks, that the context for those uh, admonitions, those exhortations uh, to the Jewish people to treat foreigners within their land with dignity and respect has to do with foreigners that are already living in the land, not those that are coming into the land, uh, many of them under the guise of, uh, of refugee status, uh, but have uh, very clearly ill intent for not just Americans as individuals, but the American system as a, as a, uh, a government, that uh, they are opposed to that. Uh, their their political, uh, geopolitical, uh, religious, philosophical viewpoint is opposed to everything that America stands for. Uh, so that by itself, Joe, should be enough to cause any Christian to pause and and think about well, what does the Bible really say? And I I refer people to uh, to Romans chapter thirteen uh, and the duties of government and. And one of the duties of the government is is to protect its citizens. It, it, it is not to be a, a global police force. It isn't to be a charity for uh, slothful people. Uh, it isn't to be um, a, a haven for refugees. Uh, the number one priority of a government is to protect its own citizens. And by taking the position that the Obama administration did for eight very long years, it proved to me and to anyone else who's awake uh, that they did not have the citizens of America and their interests uh, in view. So, uh, and, and again, I, I refer people to uh, Romans chapter 13. If, if it would be okay, Joe, I'd like to read uh, sure. just one verse. Absolutely. And then, and then ask this question uh, of people. Um, it talks about in verse 3 it says of Romans 13 for your listeners that uh, happen to have a Bible handy for rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior but for evil do you want to have no fear of authority then do what is good and you will have praise from the same verse 4 for it government or civil authorities that are ordained by God is a minister of God to you for good, but if you do what is evil, 
be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Now, the reason I bring that up, Joe, is because our government has turned that passage upside down. It's on its head. The government of the United States does not reward good. It actually rewards evil. It rewards uh, every kind of depravity. And it punishes those who try to live righteously and uh, good as the Bible describes it. So that's just one passage among many, Joe, uh, that, that I would use when I'm talking to people about this, this whole uh, refugee uh, invasion. Uh, and there are many more. Um, Pastor Spaulding, if we, I want to make sure we don't gloss over this issue before, uh, because you, you made some uh, important points that, that got my mind working. And, you know, we see this, whether it's immigration, this whole social justice mindset that we see. And one thing uh, before I forget that I want to say is it's interesting how, you know, a lot of the people on the left and these liberals, from politicians to supporters, will use Bible verses when it that they can twist to fit their narrative. But when anybody yeah. else uses the Bible or a Bible verse or mentions Jesus' name, you see instant backlash and, and hate and you know, you get the name I mean there's just so much anger um that is um uh, being projected at and directed at Christianity yeah. and and the followers of Christianity. But then you know when it when it's something that fits their narrative uh, and they want to pretend to be these humanitarians that they're doing this for the good of the people, they yeah. will use, you know, what they can, obviously always out of context for the most part, and yeah. try to jam it down the throats of the people. Now, what you said yeah. is that you've never, in 34 years, you've n- never seen the, the atmosphere like this. What's really sad is that the Christians are being, are in some cases, guilted into right. believing that yeah. this is, is uh, something they need to do. They're being manipulated and, and lied to by the news media and misled and the mis- news media misleading other people. And, you know, you really have two, the separation of, of the, um, I guess if you want to do it along party lines, right or left, or just the anti-Trumpers versus pro-Trumpers or right versus wrong in many people's um, opinions, it's never mm-hmm. been so, the, the gap's never been so 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 wide and deep right now with these two yeah. groups, both in, pol- in the, the political arena and in our society with the population, right, and I think right. this is done by um, this is done intentionally. But it is the yeah. What 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 really bothers me is when you know it's very sad to see the people buy into this manipulation and this deception. But when you see pastors, yeah, who are who should know better, stuff, absolutely. Yeah. And you you yeah. said it right off the bat. This is a, a, a national security issue. It's a it's a safety issue for the people here. It's an economic issue to a great extent, not so much as the security. But when you have illegal aliens, and this doesn't go for all illegal aliens, but you have people who are coming over here intentionally to take advantage of systems and and yes. uh, you know programs. You have people who are coming here to take advantage of other people. You have people who are coming over here to commit violence, and you have people who are coming over here to work. And without some sort of you know the legalization process, the um, coming through the front door, getting a green card, getting a, a visa, a work visa. They don't want to do that for whatever reason. But you have not only pastors, but people in the media openly calling for people to break the law. And that's I, I can expect that and see that from the media, but not from, from pastors. And, right. and we know some laws are, are oppressive and unconstitutional, but 
you know, the immigration issue, especially people who are being snuck in or sneaking in or or doing it for the purposes of subversion and, and not not wanting to assimilate into our society, it creates a major problem, national security problem, uh, cultural issues. And, I mean, we can go down the list, of, the checklist of, of problems it creates. So yeah. if you have any... Uh, well, first, what would you... Um, if you could speak directly to pastors who were on the fence about this, what would you say? Well, I would say, first of all, that uh, pastors need to... Uh, do their homework. They need to understand this issue. It, it is a it is a somewhat uh, nuanced, or uh, I don't want to say it's complex, but but there but there is a, a, a little nuance to it that pastors need to grasp here, and that is the number one. Like as I said in in the opening statements, Joe, the number one priority of our government is not to be uh, a sugar daddy that that gives handouts. That's one of the reasons why uh, our economy is in such uh, trouble that it is, and and I think you would you, you would agree with this. We are rapidly approaching uh, a point, financially speaking, when we are going to be past the point of 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 ever fixing this problem. Our national debt is going to go past the point, and 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 there's going to come a time when there's going to have to be a reset. And, and I can tell you something, uh, in, the, in the financial condition that America is in today, that reset is going to be extremely painful, extremely painful to a, to a majority of Americans. My personal view is it will probably wipe out the middle class completely. But let me get back to a couple of points you made because they were very good, Joe. Uh, social justice. Social justice uh, is, is nothing more than a smokescreen that uh, cultural Marxism uses it's it's a it's a uh, a tenet uh, of of um, cultural Marxism political correctness is another word uh, to to say the same thing people use that uh, as you very well put to manipulate people emotionally now I believe that Americans especially uh, younger generation have been set up. Uh, for exactly this type of manipulation, um, visual images, videos, uh, whether it be music, movies, uh, sh- short snippets on the news, everything is carefully crafted to appeal to someone's emotion and to get them to to experience an emotion that's being uh, directed by those that are that are presenting the media. All of this is a carefully crafted plan by those who hate America. And, and again, and, and here's another, not a newsflash for your listeners for sure, but it certainly will be, is, should be, to many churches in America today. There is no, no such thing as a right and a left. That two-party uh, dichotomy of sorts is, is, is false it's 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 made to really split and divide uh, Americans, and we know this is true. Look at uh, uh, President Trump has come in, and, and how fast the so-called right, the Republicans, uh, have come up against him. They all want the same thing, Joe. Our government is a captured operation. It's it's beholden to the globalists, such as. 
the Rockefellers, such as the Soroses of the world, um, what they want, when I say globalists, I, I'm going to say this very specifically. What these people want is they want open borders. They want free trade back and forth across borders without costing them anything. That's what NAFTA, the World Trade Agreement, um, uh, TPP, yeah, that's what all of these things are about. It's, it's all about corporations lining their pockets at the expense of you and me. That's what that's about. And so what's going on in America today, let me, let me tie all this together, Joe, for okay. us, and uh, if I can, um, is, is people need to understand that America, you're either for freedom and liberty or you're against it. It's as simple as that. You're for freedom and you're for liberty and our rights as individuals. The government should work for us. That's the way this country was set up. You're either for that or you're against it. It isn't about R's and D's or independence or anything anymore. People have got to get past that false paradigm and, and realize what's really going on. Now, pastors of all people should be telling their congregants this information. They should be preaching the news. I'm, I'm fond of saying it that way, Joe. The pastors should be preaching the news. They should be seeing what's going on in the nation. They should do their own research, and they should filter it all through the scriptures. And then they, they should prepare their sermons, and they should they should preach the word of God right out of the front pages and give their people what they need to make sense out of the craziness that they're seeing out there in the world today. I do it every week. Other pastors should be doing the same thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, um, I do think there is a place for, for a certain level of political discussion from the pulpits. <clears throat> At the same time, I don't agree. You know, a lot of what we see in the news, especially, um, lately with this, with this Trump stuff, and you see a lot of emotion, opinions being thrown out there, personal mm-hmm. opinions. And yeah. if that if that's what's happening in the pulpit, I mean, it's okay if you say, you know, this is just my opinion. I'll present you these facts, and this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But when you present your opinions as facts, especially in a pulpit, political opinions, there is no place for that. Um, but there is a place for political discourse, I believe, in in the pulpit. And that, um, when we look at how where the, the direction of the country the last twenty years, and especially the last ten years, um, we we you know people were afraid to do it. The, you had the IRS coming after Tea Party organizations, and I think a lot of pastors, at least from what I've seen in churches and, and from watching things online, it made some pastors more bold about what they were doing and what they were mm-hmm. the message they were preaching, and it made other pastors yeah. much more timid, and they kind of retreated. And that, you know, that really turned me away from a lot of the, the churches, that and at least the church I went to, voting into a homosexual marriage, and after that I said, you know, I'm out of here. Um, yeah, yeah, and they still well, have most pastors, back, yeah, uh, the well, most mo- most pastors they, they will avoid conflict at all costs. Yeah, they they will run from or any topic, any issue, uh, anything that's going on. They're not going to bring that up if they think that that's going to cause uh, conflict, and so they avoid that uh, like the plague. And they're not going to try or attempt to uh, preach the news because, quite frankly, too many pastors are, are accustomed to, to giving a 20-minute a cotton candy sermon 
and thinking that that suffices for thus saith the Lord to their people every week, and that's a bunch of nonsense. They don't teach the scriptures because they don't know the scriptures themselves. And, and, and I've got to tell you something, Joe. When we meet week by week as a local body of believers, it is the responsibility of pastors to teach their people, the flock that God has entrusted to their spiritual care, what the Bible has to say and tie it in to what's going on today. And if they're not doing that, if, if all of they're doing is, is, is creating an atmosphere of warm fuzzies and making sure everybody uh, leaves that uh, Sunday morning feeling good about themselves, then they're nothing more than a sheep or a, or a wolf in sheep's clothing and they're a hireling and, and they're in big trouble come judgment day. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And another, even if pastors don't get into the, you know, tying current events into, uh, through a biblical perspective, um, one thing that, that I've noticed, and we see this a lot with TV, uh, evangelists, is they avoid not only the topics that cause conflict, but the, the topics about sin. Uh, you know, like you said, it's more, more fluffy, more about, um, you know, you gotta love everybody and, um, and even some of the more mega, mega pastors, they, they talk about, um, you know, you can get rich now if you do this and you can be blessed mm-hmm. if you do this, uh, yeah. with stuff. And, yeah. but, but yeah. then you have the pastors who are good Bible teachers to, to, mm-hmm. to a good degree, but they avoid talking about controversial issues in the Bible, talking about, mm-hmm. uh, sin, talking about the convictions for your sins. And they, they do avoid that. And that, that is very damaging, I believe, because you do need, uh, you need the whole picture. You can't be given bits and pieces. And this is where I believe it falls on a congregation and each an individual believer. And this is why it's their responsibility to know what's in the scriptures, to know what the, the, the messages in the, in the, uh, Bible says and in the right context. Because if that, if every believer had that understanding, these pastors wouldn't be able to get away with half the stuff that they do. Well, that's absolutely right, and and uh, just a case in point, the Apostle Paul said that the believers in the Macedonian city of Berea were more noble-minded than those uh, of the city of Thessalonica for this very reason, because they checked daily to make sure that what Paul was saying lined up with the Scriptures. It is the responsibility of every believer to make sure that their pastor is teaching the truth. And if there's, and I'm not talking about uh, calling the pastor out every time he says something that they don't agree with. I'm talking about make sure that what he says, what he presents in a, in a, uh, a week by week sermon, make sure that what he says is rooted in the scriptures, that, that he can back that up. Now, I'm not suggesting that people be argumentative, uh, or, or, go out of their way to look for for conflict with their pastor that's that's not their responsibility to do that and and, and pastors need a lot of grace joe they're under a tremendous amount of pressure today um, but to the point that you're making pastors need to be faithful to proclaim the word and the problem is i think in part is that so many pastors have lost faith not just in the veracity of the Word of God, but in the power of the Word of God. And, and I hope in our in the in the last part of this uh, segment, Joe, we can get into uh, more of that because I want to encourage your listeners uh, to continue to press on uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
yeah, Mr. Spalding, absolutely. When we come back from the break, we got a break in about two, three minutes. But on the other side, we'll we'll start right there uh, because okay. this is um, probably one of the most important. Uh, you know, forget the current events and and the things that are going on. Uh, talking about the scriptures and and um, what people need to do to make sure, regardless of if the church they go to is is preaching uh, the right message or whatever, they need to make sure that that their walk is uh, that they're doing what they need to to walk right with the Lord, and uh, that should always come first and foremost. While yeah, we while yeah. we have um, just a few minutes left in this segment, um, I want to hit on one thing that you sent in your talking points: the the supporting of violence. I've seen um, just today there was uh, I believe it was New York Times or Washington Post report that was talking about the there was a group of environmentalists who who trashed a Trump owned golf course, mm-hmm. and they were calling it a daring act of defiance, almost uh, glorifying glorifying mm-hmm. it. And we've seen this a lot. You know, you have the ACLU head came out today and said, um, you know, you need to be in the streets. We'll do this. We'll do the legal work. you got to get in the streets. We have Hillary Clinton, Loretta Lynch, all these people coming out and saying, you know, we need more people in the streets. We need more resistance. We need more blood in the streets. This is creating a very hostile environment. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. With the minute and a half, two minutes before the break, what are your thoughts on, on what we can do to combat this and what we should be watching for? Well, first of all, uh, the violence is is coming about. The the root cause of it, Joe, and I just uh, refer your listeners to uh, Psalm 2, the second chapter, the book of Psalms, and the first uh, three verses. And uh, what, what your, your listeners are going to find there, and I, maybe I'll read it on, on the other side of the break, but what your, your listeners will find there, if they look that up, is uh, why the reason why we're seeing uh, all of this violence, and um, I, I'll give you a little hint, and and then we'll probably have to wrap this this session up. But it has to do with throwing off the moral constraints that they believe have been uh, forced upon them by a Christian America. So perhaps we'll get more into that, and I can discuss. Uh, Violence in that context uh, on the other side of the break. Okay. Um, can you tell people where to go, where they can go to find uh, your website to listen to the radio show that you have? Sure. It's uh, I, I do a, a radio show slash podcast, SoaringEagleRadio.com, SoaringEagleRadio.com. And uh, and I also uh, post uh, my sermons are are in podcast form as well. That's thetransformingword.com, all one word, thetransformingword.com. And then my third, uh, believe it or not, I have three websites that uh, I somehow manage to maintain. Uh, my wife is a great help. Shout out to Kathy. Um, is uh, drmikespalding.com. There's articles there, but also uh, I post stuff from, from you guys, Joe, Doug, Hagmans, and uh, Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, you, you, the last few weeks you posted the weekend, uh, this week yes. on the, on the Hagman report. Yeah, I was looking yeah. at that before, before the show and I, I wanted to thank you for doing that. We wanted to thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Uh, Glad to do it. Folks, we're talking with, uh, Pastor Mike Spaulding. He's going to be with us through the next segment, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on this edition of the Hagman report.
Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Masterpreps.com, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from cooking utensils, cooking frying pans. I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Erickson. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? From all of us at Training Post in the Woods. We pray you have a healthy, safe, and prosperous 2017. And we would like to thank all of you for welcoming us to the Hagman and Hagman family. You're all a very wonderful and special group of people. Because we believe it is so important for you to work and acquire good health this year, we're going to do something that we've never done before as a thank you to you for your support. We're going to make something available that we believe everyone needs. During the month of January, anyone who invests in their health by purchasing either our American Heritage Remedies Kit, our Survivalist Natural Remedies Kit, or $200 in individual remedies of your choice, we're going to give to you our crisis remedy just in case for free. Your health must be a part of your preparation plan. We're here to help you with that journey. May God bless y'all, and may God bless America. Happy New Year! This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. You can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. this segment we are joined by pastor mike spaulding and uh he's been with us since the the beginning of the hour we've been getting into a little bit of current events as well as the uh, short uh look into the state of the church um how the the congregations and the pastors are uh, in some cases being divided along political lines taking political stands that are that go against what the bible uh, and the scriptures say uh as how we should believe. And before, in the last se- uh, segment, we were talking about Psalm 2. We were talking about the, the violence and the turmoil, the immigration issues, the social justice aspects of this, and how the church is kind of fitting into this. Uh, and 
and um, Pastor Mike, you were about to get into to Psalm two, which I, I was reading during the break here, and and you also um, read from, and and it says some very interesting things. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And uh, this chapter two it gives an explanation of what's wrong with the world today. You talk about preaching the news, pastors should be preaching Psalm two. Uh, because it gives a very clear statement about what's wrong with the world, God's response to all of that, and what God is going to do uh, to remedy what's wrong with the world. So if you don't mind, I'd just like to read that comment, Joe. Yeah, let's go. All right, Psalm chapter 2. If your listeners have your Bible turned there with us, Psalm chapter 2 says this, Why are the nations in an uproar? So it opens with this question. Why are the nations in an uproar? Why do we see so much violence? Why do we see... Uh, all of the wars, all of the terrorism, what's going on in the world? What's wrong with the world? In other words, that's verse 1. It gets into uh, an explanation then starting in verse 2. It says, the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together. So that's representative of governments. So governments are taking counsel together uh, in, in the implication there is uh, in secret. They're laying out their plans. They're laying out their schemes together. And they're doing it uh, with an enemy in mind. In other words, they're laying their plans out. They're conspiring, if you will. And, and, and conspiring is nothing more than making plans in secret. That's all it means. Yeah. And then in verse 3, we find out... Uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the remainder of verse 2, we find out who they're conspiring against. And notice that it says, verse 2, that the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his, notice capital A, anointed saying. Now, we're going to find out that the anointed there is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Here's what they say. Here's what they're trying to do. And this is why the world is is uh, engulfed in violence, in terrorism, in, in so much that just uh, really defies explanation, Joe. Let us, verse 3, tear their fetters apart. Tear their fetters. That's referring to the Lord and his anointed one. Let us tear their feathers apart. Cast away their cords from us. See, what that means is they do not want to live under God's law. They do not want to live under God's ordinances. They do not want to live as if God exists at all. So they want to cast God away. They want to cast his moral standards away. They want to live by their own moral standards. Now, in doing that, though, I, I want to call listeners' attention back to verse 1. And notice how the psalmist describes these plans that the world governments are, are planning, taking counsel together. Notice in verse 1 how they're described. They're described as a vain thing, a vain thing. The point of that is this, Joe. It is absolutely, absolute vanity to think that you have the ability to throw off the morality of the Creator. To think that you can do that and live any way you want to without consequence, to me, is a definition of insanity. Absolutely. He who sits in the heavens, so here's here's God's response. The psalmist says, He, God, who sits in the heavens, laughs. 
the Lord scoffs at them. Then, verse 5, he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have, notice that's past tense, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I want to stop there so we can so we can get into some other things. But the point there is this. God's plan from all eternity was that Jesus would be the lamb slain for all who would believe, slain for the world, before the foundations of the world, the Bible says. So God's plan is that Christ is going to return, establish his kingdom. Now, that's bad news for all these uh, people that are not just uh, committing the violence, but those that are that are encouraging them to do that. I think you mentioned the ACLU and, and some other organizations, uh, and they are many. There are literally dozens and dozens of organizations uh, trying to foment anarchy and chaos and, and funding it uh, as well. So all of that's going on. That's, that's, the, that's the spiritual answer to the violence of what's going on. Now, the, uh, the fleshly, the carnal uh, answer to why the violence is because they want America to be just like every other third world nation. They don't want Americans to have freedom. They don't want Americans to have liberty. And, uh, and they're concerned about that. We've, um, I think, uh, statistics say, Joe, that these, these last eight years of the, uh, uh, Obama regime, I, I like how the folks, uh, referred to, to his eight years as a regime, because that's what it was. It wasn't an administration. It was a dictatorship of sorts. But I think in those eight years, uh, gun sales went through the roof. Uh, concealed carry permits went through the roof. America is a well-armed nation. Now, I hope and pray that it never comes to that, that we have a civil war. But knowing the heart of, of men, these evil people who are, are fomenting all of this violence, Joe, I wouldn't put it past them to think that they could create uh, internal strife to the degree that we would have an open civil war and they would get away with it. But anyway, yeah, I don't want to go too far down the road. And just I want to uh, make a note on that. Um, if you think about why they would do something like this right now, you know, you have the the spiritual ramifications of that and then you have the political ramifications. They don't want to to create this strife and civil war to just let the country, you know, burn as it may. They want the power back. Correct. And when they get that power back, they, I believe, um, it will be basically the ending of, of the transitioning of power. And one yeah. of the things from the notes right. that, that, um, deals with Psalms, uh, chapter two, verses one through six that I, that I see here, it says, uh, at this time, never will any, uh, sect be ever so absurd, nor the powers of any state so tyrannical, opposed with so much violence to the doctrine and government of Christ. This will be a sign from heaven that the opposition is plainly from hell. And yes. I think that sums it up very nicely. It does. You're absolutely right. And and of course, uh, everything has a has a spiritual foundation or basis. Um, and and what we're seeing happening in America today with all these these uh, groups that are 
that are protesting and rioting and uh, causing uh, uh, property damage and physical damage to individuals. It is nothing short of demonic, Joe. The, the source of it is the pits of hell and, mm-hmm. uh, and Lucifer himself, without question. Yeah, and they might have a separate interest, the spiritual and political, but they're working towards the same yes. goal regardless. Yes, absolutely. And so uh, let me let me say this, Joe, because I don't want to give the impression that everything is doom and gloom because it absolutely is not, and, and, and that's not the way that I see it at all. I see a great opportunity uh, because there is such a such a stark contrast uh, between the darkness and the light, and we are we are light bearers. Those of us who are born again believers, uh, we have the Spirit of God living within us, and we have a commission. We have a mandate, if you will, as believers, and and that's given to us, of course, in in Matthew twenty eight, but. But I, I think I'd like to pursue this this line of, of thinking and conversation, Joe, if I could, just to encourage um, your listeners. Sure. Uh, those of us who are believers, Matthew 28 is our commission. It's our it's our mandate. And most people say, Yeah, I know what that says. It says that we're to go into all the nations and make disciples, and we're to baptize them, and 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 that's true. I want to call attention to the first statement that Jesus makes and then a very key word and then I want to follow that up with a couple of other passages. So Matthew 28, for those that have their Bibles, verse 18 through uh, 20, Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, and, and here's, here's the important statement that uh, folks should underline, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Never think for a second, folks. Christ is not in control, that the Father has somehow lost control of the creation and he's wringing his hands in heaven because he can't figure out what he's going to do next. This is all coming to a conclusion. Jesus says that uh, all authority has been given to him. And then the key word is, therefore, go and make disciples. Understand that the power behind us fulfilling this mandate that Christ has given us is the power of God. Now, follow that up with Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And this is again Jesus telling the disciples, notice this statement. He says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. So again, what ties those two passages together, Joe, is the power of God. It's the Holy Spirit. And then finally, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 6. This passage, believe it or not, ties into our mandate as well. You can connect the dots from Matthew 28 to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. And this is what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian believers. He said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful. So once again, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to minister during these very dark days and to continue to press forward with the gospel of Christ. But notice he says here, our weapons are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Now what in the world kind of fortress is he talking about? 
Well, fortunately, he gives us the definition and explanation uh, in verse 5. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now, let me tie that into the news, because I like to do that. We were talking about, it is important, but we were talking about uh, political correctness, cultural Marxism, social justice earlier. you got to understand, folks, social justice is a, a philosophy. It is not biblical. You will not find it in the Bible. You will find justice. We are to do justice. We are to love kindness. We are to walk humbly before our Lord. But there's no such thing from a biblical perspective as social justice. It is a philosophy of Marxism. And people have been brainwashed into believing that that is somehow a virtue of high moral standard. And it is not. It is, as Paul describes here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it is a speculation and something that has raised itself up against the knowledge of God. And it is the responsibility of pastors and Christians to pull that down, destroy that fortress of false thinking. False thinking. So, that's our mandate. That's our commission. That's that's pretty exciting, actually, isn't it, Joe? It absolutely is. And, and when you take into consideration the atmosphere we're living in today, um, it's of, of vital importance. And what you said about, uh, you know, the social justice and the morality or the um, self-implied morality that these people have when it comes to their mm-hmm. social justice uh, ideas, yeah. it goes right out the window because, you know, they're not doing it for the to be better people, to help people that are in need. Um and they'll they'll use the morality when it suits them, just like they'll use the, the out of context Bible verses when it suits them. But when it mm-hmm. comes to what you believe, or or to Christianity, or to actual things that are good and decent, they will you know tear you apart with with yeah. you know, the other side of their mouth. So yeah. it, it is yeah. the bringing every thought um, captive, captive is yes. is very important. And I don't yeah. know how many people out there are like me, but if you're watching TV or you're listening to the radio and you hear something that you know, is being presented as it's not. You immediately scan through all the different things that you've you've read and, and know in your mind mm-hmm. that are biblical, and you try to line it up, or you'll open your Bible and try to line it up. And more often than not, um, the Bible is taken wildly out of context, and yes, for motives that are evil in nature, a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, Jesus said, uh, Joe, that we were to have eyes to see and ears to hear. And that raises a question. If we're to have eyes to see and ears to hear, why are so many people, why are so many Christians blind and deaf? Why can't they see what's going on? And why can't they hear the Spirit of God speaking with them? Well, I think there's a reason for that. And it it really ties back into 2 Corinthians chapter 10, where philosophy... These, these fortresses of the mind that people have created, they've been deceived, they've been brainwashed, they've been manipulated into believing things that simply are not true, and they are diametrically opposed to the scriptures. And so they become blind and they become deaf, blind to the word of God, deaf to the, to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And when they do that, when all of that happens, Joe, then they're not able 
they don't understand the necessity uh, and they're not able and or don't bother, whatever the case might be, uh, to put on their spiritual armor every day. Uh, this is a favorite passage of, of, of mine and, and many other people, but Ephesians chapter 6 instructs us that we're to put on the spiritual armor of God every day. And the reason that we're to do that is because we are in a spiritual war. Life is a spiritual battle. And if you go into battle without your armor on, you're going to be soundly defeated. And uh, so, so that's a big problem. Um, the enemy uses tactics and strategies, methodologies and schemes to try and defeat believers every day of their life. And, and if you go in unarmed to that battle, it's not going to turn out well for you. And I won't go into Ephesians chapter 6 because that would probably take us a whole nother segment for me to, to really parse that uh, apart. But we are involved in spiritual warfare, Joe, and I, let me, let me just touch on this. When we try to engage uh, in spiritual warfare, uh, without the armor of God, uh, without the Holy Spirit, then, uh, we are going to be, uh, swept away by the enemy. We're going to be caught up in all kinds of false ways of thinking, false ways of acting, uh, false moralities. Uh, we're not going to be living for the Lord. We're certainly not going to be bringing glory and honor to his name. But there are a lot of people that are trying to do that, Joe. I guess, I guess that's my point. Um, they're still trying to do it. The Apostle Paul wrote about those folks in his second letter to, to Timothy. Uh, I refer your listeners to uh, verse 5 of chapter 3. Um, and here it says that, well, I better set the context. Let me, let, let me give uh, verses 1 through 5. And, and folks are pretty familiar with this. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, but realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come. Men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, and so on and so forth. We've read that. We've heard numerous sermons taught about that. This, this epitomizes the times that we live in. I don't think anybody uh, would, would argue that point. But here's my point. All of this is within the church. Mm-hmm. Paul, Paul is talking to Timothy about people within the church. Now that may be a newsflash for some people, but, but here's how I know that. Now look at verse 5, 2 Timothy 3, verse 5. It says that the people that are acting this way, that are conceited lovers of pleasure rather than, than lovers of God, they hold to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. Those are people inside the church, Joe. Not the culture at large, but in the church. They're trying to live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. And you just can't do that. So that's why people like me, uh, Pastor Paul, Begley, others, uh, take the time. It's not popular. It certainly isn't popular. And uh, and if you take the stance that I take and you talk about the things that I take, Joe... Uh, people are not going to take kindly to that. But my eyes are opened. I know what my calling is. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm supposed to be warning the church that they need to get their act together. Warning believers that it's time to step up their game. To put aside all of the pursuits of carnality. And to get serious. To repent of this ungodly behavior. 
and get serious in the relationship with the Lord. And that's really Second uh, Timothy 4, 1 through 5. And uh, if, I, if I have the time, I'll yeah. share that. I think we're running out of time. You have about five minutes. Okay, well, let me share this then, and then, uh, and then I'll pass it back to you for some, for some final comments. But, uh, Second Timothy 4, 1 through 5 says this, uh, Paul again to a very young pastor named Timothy, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and they'll turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, Timothy, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Joe, we have an awesome opportunity as believers in this last days to turn people's hearts and minds back to the Lord. But we're not going to do that by being spineless, willy-nillys, preaching cotton candy sermons and just thinking that it's our job to make people happy and feel good about themselves. We need to preach the whole counsel of the Word of God. We need to tell people that what we're seeing in our culture today is what should be expected. When people throw off the shackles of God's constraints, they say, God is dead, God is irrelevant, I don't care about God. When people do that, then you're going to see the results that we're seeing. And America has a long history of doing exactly that. The Supreme Court has really usurped the, the authority and the power of the people, and the result is what we're seeing in our culture today. I'll pass it back to you, Joe. No, you're absolutely right. And um, just a couple comments on what you just said. Because um, one of the first things that came to my mind when, when you were uh, reading through Timothy there, and you were talking about you know us needing to, 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 um, to be diligent in, in our walk with the Lord, mm-hmm. we see this, this rabid anti-Christian uh, sediment. And mm-hmm. we also see, when we talked about the moral superiority, the implied moral superiority that the social justice warriors and, and these people, um, you know, throw at us. It made me think of uh, a lot of times you see Christians with a, a moral superior attitude as well, you know, and, and we, I see a lot of this, especially online, the Christians will, instead of being the example, instead of being the living example of, of the Lord and of Scripture, people will proselytize, proselytize, um, to the point where it's almost like they're, they're, you know, they're they're doing it for the purpose of saying you need to believe in Jesus because this is what's right, and if you don't, you're going to hell. And uh, my way is the right way. And, and I think people take the wrong approach, even though they have good intentions. Yeah. Um, we need to to be the example first, and if we can't be the example if we're yeah. not diligent with our prayer life, if we're not diligent in in reading scriptures. Yeah, and if we don't yeah. know what's in the scriptures, we can't take you know um, sentences here and there and throw them at non-believers and expect that they're going to be converted. We're Correct. only the messengers. The Lord is the one who who opens the doors in these yeah. people to convert them. We don't do any converting. We're not. We're just uh, right. the tools. And I think people well, need to to understand that because a lot of times people take it personally when they're trying yeah. to explain their belief in Jesus and the need for others to to believe as well. 
and it, well, and it it's con- con- convoluted. Yeah, and I, and I would encourage believers, Joe, listen, that trying to convert people in a chat room or online when there, you know, there's half a dozen or more people, stop already. That, that is not going to work, so just stop it. Now, now, if you can have a one-on-one with someone and you can take the time to carefully and precisely lay out what the gospel is, what the Bible has to say, why people should believe it and know that it's true. There are great arguments out there. My my training and background, Joe, is is in apologetics. I I, I love talking with people about that and explaining uh, reasons why it makes more sense to believe than to remain in unbelief. That's how you 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 lay out. The, the claims for Jesus Christ, not not, not through argumentation and, and this, that, or the other thing. And, and much of what I had to say uh, tonight, Joe, is aimed at believers. It isn't aimed at unbelievers. It's it's a much different approach uh, with unbelievers. I'm calling the church to repent and come back to the Lord and get in the game. We're in the last days, and it's time for Christians to step up. You're exactly right. Uh, Pastor Mike Spaulding, thank you so much for joining us. SoaringEagleRadio.com, Soaring Eagle Radio with uh, Mike Spaulding. Bookmark his website. Check it regularly. There's lots of great content up there uh, from the blog to other video posts and, and just tons of information. Uh, Pastor Spaulding, thank you so much for joining us. hope we can do this again in the near future. Thank you, Joe. be a pleasure. God bless you. God bless you, too. You have a good night. Thank you. When we come back, Stan Deo will be our guest as he's with us each and every Tuesday in hour number three. Go to standeo.com, pull up the show images page, and we'll be right back with Stan. Don't go anywhere. Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not cost 
constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. At HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. And welcome back, folks, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. So glad uh, that you're with us. Boy, that was a great interview, by the way, with uh, Mike Spalding. Wow, tremendous. Uh, up now is, of course, Stan Dale of StanDale.com. Folks, don't forget, take take advantage of uh, Randall Terry's offer. You know, I I, I moved the uh, the book with my with the phone number, my book with the phone number in it. Uh, but, <laughs> gee, I had it right here. Uh, nonetheless, um uh, take advantage of that offer, uh, Randall Terry's offer as well for, uh, uh, well, it's on your screen. If you're, if you're doing this or if you're watching this via YouTube, right, it's right there on your screen. If not, uh, we'll get, we'll give the number out later. Folks, uh, visit Texas Ready, um, trading post in the woods, Green Innovative. Green Innovative, by the way, do you realize that tomorrow, that Green Innovative sale that they've got 14% off, 14% off all products, 14% off ends tomorrow. So take advantage of Greenovative. Go to greenovative.com or call 321-638-4885. But do it, do it before tomorrow. Get your 14% off. He, Ellen Riggs extended this through, uh, tomorrow at midnight. So I would say midnight Eastern time. And this is, this is a GMAG power cell and all of the products, 14% off your entire purchase. You can't beat that even with a big stick. And now I also want to mention, uh, Texas Ready and Trading Post in the Woods. Trading Post in the Woods, fantastic products, folks. Visit tradingpostinthewoods.com. That's tradingpostinthewoods.com. Visit Trading Post for your, I'm going to say natural stuff. Uh, they put together an American Heritage Remedies Kit deluxe package, especially for Hagman listeners. This is what we have here at the studio. This is the best American Heritage Remedies Kit deluxe package. You cannot go wrong with this. Eric, the tech has used the products. Joe, myself, my wife, uh, even Lady, the studio dog. Trust me when I tell you, this is the one of the best offers, and that's Trading Post in the Woods. Visit there as well. All right, joining us now, as we have each and every Tuesday, is Mr. Standale. Go to his website. Make sure you bookmark the website, standale.com. And every time Stan comes on our show, on the right-hand side of his, his website, next to the microphone, there is a Show Images button. 
which he compiles some stories and research and images specifically for his interview here on the Hagman Report. Stan, welcome back to the show. Good to be back, guys. We've made it through another week. Did you get much snow over there? Stan? Stan? Todd, uh, Todd said he was there, so... I'm here. There we go. Can you hear All me? All right, there we go. Now, now we, we can, can, yeah. Well, I wonder what happened. Hm. Well, I could hear I you. You couldn't hear me, but can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you loud and clear, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> so was it a wet uh, snow that you got there, or what? We're getting pounded, and it's not wet, it's dry, and it's, yeah, it's, it's everywhere, and I can't take it anymore. Ugh. Oh, you poor guys. I know. Well. What is it, 70 there and sunny? What do you... Uh, Go oh, yeah. oh, I think about 85 outside and sunny, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just teasing. Oh, outside was about 70 today. No, it was 78. Oh, oh, Holly says she saw it 78. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, now, now, now you're in Colorado. What's wrong with this picture? I guess the Great Lakes have something to do with the snow. We, we've yeah. got about a foot of snow out the door. In, uh, the I the saw somewhere up there, uh, I think it's on the Great Lakes, yeah, where they had creeping ice. You know, they've had it for a number of years, but... Some, somehow the wave action out there during the frozen season moves little wavelets of snow over toward the coast where the wind is blowing and it pushes a big like a shield of ice and snow, more, more snow like ice, up against the houses on the coast there and it runs over into the garages and you know, out the front and just covers the whole place. Be creepy I mean I saw a video of it watching it move it, it moved in real time, inching toward the house, you know, boom No, we've been yeah. talking with you about the weather here. You know, we had uh, in January and February, I'd say at least uh, 10 days to maybe two weeks in each month where the temperature was in the 50s and 60s. And we really, this is probably one of the worst snowstorms we've gotten this year. I think uh, after, right around Christmas, we had one that was that was pretty good. But we haven't had a storm like this all, all winter long. So I'm not complaining. I wouldn't. I wish we had the, the snow, though, because it's very dry. It's been a very dry year for us. and It's strange. Our trees and stuff are all thinking it's about springtime. The globe willows, as I've said a couple times, are putting out green leaves, and they're the early ones that come out in spring. But uh, we're getting that now. Holly saw a um, black swallowtail um, butterfly come over the garden today. Yeah, so that's been early, seen. too. Yeah, those dry conditions. Early, so I don't know. Those those dry conditions are pretty bad in the in the mid parts of the Midwest. Uh, I think was Kansas had a lot of wildfires, and they're expecting um, an interesting uh, fire season this time around. I was reading some stuff about that earlier this week, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, so let's what's see. on your radar? Well, a number of things. Nothing super bad or anything like that. Uh, MH36, NASA test radical electric propulsion system. Um, you can click on the picture. You can click on the, the article about it and get over to that page in the Daily Mail. But, um, <clears throat> you know, since about 1896, they've known about the effect of being able to pass electrons through a conductor over the top of a magnet and it causes separation of the charges and plus minus on either side of the conductor and they, it's called the Hall effect anyway and um, you can you can look up the Hall effect on Wikipedia at image 39 just click there and have a look it tells you more about it but this uh, this kind of propulsion has now been developed 
developed by NASA. Um, they've, they've known about probably for, gosh, nearly 50, 60 years that you could accelerate um, charged atoms or ions of gas, like argon, for instance, charge it up and shoot it out the back of a nozzle and propel a spacecraft to, you know, quite, uh, to make it quite fast, actually. It reduced the time from six to nine months to get to Mars to uh, a month. And um, it would t- take ten times less energy to make this Hall Effect ion drive work for the NASA spacecraft. Now, I, you know, I've known about it, I've known how you do that kind of stuff. People have talked about different models and patented over the years. <clears throat> but one of the problems was that even though you could get speed out of it over a period of time, you couldn't take off the ground with it, for instance, like, you know, turn your turn your rocket on and, and leave the jet port there or the, the rocket port there in Florida because it hadn't got enough real-time thrust to lift a heavyweight like a spacecraft rocket. However, once you get into orbit and out where you don't have gravitational problems, you turn this thing on and this nice blue-white flame comes out the back and it starts accelerating your craft toward the the path that you've chosen. The uh, process corrodes the electrodes inside the thing. You can see from the the picture there that it's um, coming out of a, well, out of something metallic you can see in the picture. But what you can't see is inside there there are a number of, um, uh, like, tubes, concentric tubes and stuff, and then the magnetic field. And that touches this ionized gas and it it leaves corrosion on the surface of these electrodes. Well, normally it did. So some clever fellows got together and figured out a way to put magnets around the in a circle around the outside of the thruster cone, and they could do what's called a magnetic shield, just like in Star Trek, you know, a shield. And it shields the surface of the, uh, the ion uh, accelerators, you know, the tubes of metal. You can just see them in the picture if you click on that there in image 36. Um, you, you, can, you can just... Just, just see the, the little rings. And if you go to the main article, you can see an even clearer picture of it. But it forces the ions to follow, you know, a path that doesn't touch the actual electrode generating the electrons to the plasma field, which makes it last a lot longer. Now it became practical to have, you know, an ion-propelled rocket. Now it might get up to 180,000 miles an hour. It's not a slouch. Um, and as I say, it takes a tenth the power. But you have to build that up over a period of days, you know, of constant acceleration because it's not a real-time thrust, you know, to lift the, lift the whole rocket off the Earth. It's got to be done in deep space. Anyway, when you start to come to your destination, then you've got to plug into your, you know, computer on board and stuff and say, I'm going to reverse, uh, flip the ship around, and start decelerating for weeks, you know, and, and days and weeks as well to slow it down because it won't break immediately. Unless, of course, you're going to use air braking over the planet, say, Mars, which is, you know, another issue. Anyhow, this is really cool to see this because this kind of thruster would be what um, Star Trek would call uh, impulse engines, you know, uh, impulse uh, from the electron emissions out the back. Interesting story, anyway. Good to look up. Now, Absolutely. Um I was playing over the, the weekend here getting a, an animation ready to illustrate some things. I've put it up on my YouTube channel, uh, Image 37th Animation. If you click on it, it's a very low um, you know, amount of load on your server and your bandwidth. It's just an MP4 file. But what I'm showing here in a 27-second video is what happened when 
great asteroid that caused the flood impacted the Earth. Now, it, uh, there's some things that I explained on your show before about soap bubbles and thin surfaces and that kind of stuff. But if you go to this thing and click on it at the beginning, you'll see the Earth is upside down. You'll see the tip of Africa pointing up toward what must be the North Pole. You'll also see, if you're very careful in observing this, that the Earth is tilted away from where it is today by about 23.5 degrees. That's where it used to be. Now, in the lower left-hand part of the Earth picture there, you'll see the tip, southern tip of India and uh, Sri Lanka. That's the way they are today. Now, I didn't put everything together into one landmass like it was before the asteroid hit. That's another project. It takes a lot more time to move all the pieces back and then explode them across the planet like this. But what I'm going to show you when you play this, this animation is an asteroid will come in from the lower right, um, around 34 degrees uh, to the surface, it's a shallow asteroid, and it will strike uh, in the Indian Ocean today. But back when this happened, it was on the east coast of the Indian continent. And then it will skip out. You'll see it leave the planet, because I think that particular asteroid could have been a snowball, you know, like a comet, or it could have been a hard iron thing, whatever it was. There's evidence that it left the Earth. It went right on through the skin and kept on going, but its effect lasted. And if you play that video... You'll see as it enters, kablip into the surface and out, that causes the top, the outer layer, the thin skin of the Earth, to flip around trying to follow where that asteroid left. That's the impulse. There's a huge amount of power in it. And you'll see that it turns the planet's surface upside down, and then it locks in in that position, which is today, and starts to spin around with the core of the planet again, matching the same direction. Uh, there, the North Pole is where you see it today. Interesting thing to look at, and uh, it helps to visualize what I was talking about last week. I, I knew I was waving my hands a lot here, but you couldn't see that. <laughs> anyway. That's, now, um, and you said that that doesn't represent what the Earth looked like because the, the continents were, were probably one land mass. But that is yeah, they were. interesting. Yeah. I will do that eventually. As I say, though, it takes a lot of hours to generate that kind of separation of those pieces and move them across the planet and while it's moving that kind of stuff. Is there, is there any, uh, was there any, re- I don't know, I'm not even sure I know how to ask this question. Uh, and the folks listening to this as opposed to watching this, the uh, land mass appears to be pretty much south of the equator prior to impact of this asteroid. So my question would be, number one, is that that's true to form, that the land mass would be south of the equator? Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. And is so there, everything is there that's any... north of the equator now would have been south of the equator then. Okay. So, so I remember the... the Egyptian and Chinese records show that we had the sun rising in the east twice and in the west twice in recorded history, which is going back thousands of years. But and that was before 2345 BC when the flood occurred. So back before then, there were there were three other times where the the surface of the planet was upset, and this does not bother me at all because I've found four other massive asteroid footprints on the Earth, which, you know, in the Northern Hemisphere, most of them is one in the Southern Hemisphere, but they were such an angle that they would have also flipped the Earth upside down. I'm telling you, the skin of planets that are still molten, you know, in the core, that, that skin is very flimsy and can be moved in astronomical terms by a slight breeze, you know, or an asteroid impact. Um, and that's that's what I wanted to show you was to actually let you see the land masses south of the equator 
after the uh, asteroid enters and leaves the Atlantic, or, sorry, the Indian Ocean, after it enters and leaves that, the wake of it causes the whole northern hemisphere to roll around up over onto the top. You know, it was in the southern hemisphere, but it's going to be rolled up to where it belongs today by that impact, and it stops rolling when the the, um, the impetus of the impact is spent in the move. I also wonder if it uh, doesn't slow down again and, and lock over the, the cold you know, polar regions as well. Okay. Uh, uh, how The animation that we're, that we're looking at, um, and folks uh, listening to this, you can look at this uh, on YouTube in the archive. Uh, how, uh, from the time of the impact to the current position of the continents or land masses, how long of a time? How long of the time? Sorry for what? I... Okay, for, from the time of the impact until the final resting place of the uh, uh, land masses, as we see it in the finished product, how, how long? Uh, how long did it take mm, the land masses? Good question. Uh, Egyptian records do record one pharaoh complaining about the earth moaning and groaning for months at a time, and you know finally it stopped. And we think that might have been during the time of Peleg at 2245 BC, when the earth, uh, sometime after that, the earth was divided. And we think that's when the continent started to split after this impact. Um, it may have taken, you know, it, it looks pretty quick here in the animation where the, the, the uh, land masses go up around and up to the North Pole, but it may have taken months for this to occur for the initial stage. But then the Earth also expanded its diameter right around that same mm-hmm. time when the, the, uh, uh, the surface started to drift up toward the North Pole. Um, be one heck of and, a ride, let me tell you. Well, yeah, and as the Earth expanded at the same time, what was happening, that was putting more separation stress on all the pieces of, of Pangaea. But the majority of the splitting and separation occurred after that asteroid impacted weakened the crust, you know, the mantle, uh, as I show in the illustration. Now, how long after the Earth expanded, uh, you know, and, you know, did it take for everything to move this far apart? All I can tell you is I think that it was a, what's called an exponential curve, that it was uh, initially very rapid and separated the continents, you know, hundreds of miles. And as the, the curve descends down into a kind of a flat level curve, uh, we're in that now where the continental drift is down in inches per year uh, on average. And so um, it's been going on since at least 2245 B.C. And the majority of it was probably between 2245 B.C. and about till 1500 B.C according to the graph. Anyway, that's, wow. that's my, my thought. Interesting. Interesting. Very. Wow. Yeah, look up above it at image 40, for you that can't see it, uh, image 40 is a, um, a a photograph of four stages of a test that some people did in fluid dynamics uh, to show what would happen if an asteroid hit uh, the oceans of the Earth at an angle, a shallow angle, instead of straight down. And you'll see in these four images, you'll see the initial splash, lopsided, going off to the upper left. And then you'll see a little tongue in the middle of the impact also going up and out to the left, surrounded by little rings of ripples in the water or surface of the Earth. And then you get into the third image, and it shows greater waves outside and a secondary crater you know, rim forming to the left. It's um, lopsided. The right side is lower, almost non-existent. And certainly when you get to the fourth image, when everything dies down, you have a little pimple in the middle, and you have a ring on one side, and the, you know, on the left side and the right side is kind of flat. Now, the reason that's important is 
is if you go up to image 43 above that to the Banda C photograph or image from Google Earth that I use about the Atlantis lecture showing where the great uh, asteroid, the Cotopi asteroid, impacted the Earth, and then I think it left. Because if you look at this picture where the white arrow is pointing down to the band of sea, uh, on your maps you'll see to the right edge of it is very pronounced, and in the middle there's a little dome that's kind of collapsed into pieces, and on the left it's just flat ground. This is a signature of something that hit a very marshy, watery you know, area, and I think that it uh, not only hit there, I, I think that it either it went underneath in the ground there and over to form the great bulge in the New Guinea area, but it also carved out a lot of uh, uh, matter, you know, from the seabed and the mantle underneath what is today the tip of southern India. Um, I still think that it's possible that the asteroid hit in one place in the east coast of India when it was stretched out and exited here. This this almost indicates what a shallow impact exit might look like as well as a shallow impact direct. Anyway, these are things that I do with my spare time in writing about these things, is trying to prove everything about which asteroid did what and, you know, what footprints it left. And if you look at this band of sea image on Google Earth or in your maps or whatever you, you used to look at, you'll see the the kind of well, sausage, end of a sausage type outline around where this band of sea was formed by an impact or an exit of the impact. That kind of footprint is evident in the Altanan asteroid off the southern coast of Argentina down near the Arctic. Uh, and I've found three other places, uh, one or two off the coast of uh, South America to the west, the Pacific, one in China, and two in the Philippines and, and up on the China coast. Anyway, Using this footprint model that's already been proven with the Altanen confirmation, we can see that a large you know, object hit here, and that that was the cause of the breaking up of Pangaea, spoken about in the time of Peleg in the Bible, as when the earth was divided. Because if you just stand back and look at that picture of the band of sea on Google Earth, or in this drawing here, or this image here, you'll see that in your mind's eye you can see how everything... Uh, in Indonesia and, and uh, including Australia and New Guinea were previously aligned to the left up near the east coast of India in those days and it just got bent swirled around you can see that in your mind the swirl pattern anyway uh, you know that's as I say that was part of the fun for this week was um, analyzing that stuff so some guys golf hey, you on the other hand I mean, this is good. I like this. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the image on the on the large monitor. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now uh, there was uh, one lady wrote in. I forget uh, the name. Forgive me, but she wanted to know uh, what uh, what I thought about a video that a guy had uh, produced uh, on YouTube talking about. Dinosaurs never existed. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, you know, Stan, I'm yeah. looking at your show images here, um, and I think that we should, if we can, we should start on this segment. We got about three minutes till the break. But I think this one deserves a little discussion because we've seen some strong opposition from certain people to the round Earth theory as they advocate a flat Earth. 
but I see you have a, an extra point. Dinosaurs did not exist. Uh, yeah, th- yeah. Well, certainly we can cover that after the break. But I mean, this—I uh, checked on the the source of this dinosaurs didn't exist uh, video and checked to his websites and his uh, blogs and whatever. And the guy thinks that the existence of dinosaurs. Well, anyway, we we can talk about it after the break. But I mean, uh, we still have a few minutes, Stan. Okay. Well, yeah. I the, mean, it doesn't need much. Go ahead. Okay. The 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 whole plot to make us think dinosaurs were real was by a couple of guys who, in the Bone Wars in the late 1800s, started discovering, you know, alleged dinosaur bones in Utah and Colorado and various places, and they found hundreds of different species. And but they faked the bones and stuck them together. All this—it's just absolute insanity. When you look, you know, we've been there, Holly, and I've walked over, you know, dinosaur footprints and looked at the the bones and how they fit together, and uh, are stuck in rock, you know, in sedimentary rocks. So, when you look at this and know that the, they existed, you think, how's this guy getting away with saying this? He hates the Jews. He says it's a Jewish conspiracy that the dinosaurs even are allegedly existing. And, you know, it's off the planet. You can prove it with so many things. The dinosaurs really did exist. Their bones really did fit together to make various types of, of animals. And at the worst, this guy's argument could have said, well, there were a couple of the dinosaurs. They thought the bones fit together this way, but it turned out that they didn't. They were from another dinosaur, and it should have been this way. But, no, this guy uses it to support not only this, you know, uh, anti-Jewish conspiracy-type talk about the 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 illusion of um, dinosaurs being real, but also they lived on a, uh, the, the, the people back then lived on a flat earth, we live on a flat earth, you know, and the, the guy purports both of them, has even got a book and a video out on it, and it's madness it is absolute madness jeez, and it's always the, you know look, anti-Jewish I mean, seriously um, we gotta go there so cue the emails, go ahead cue the emails because my delete button uh, is well used, <laughs> Stan. I, I get I get sick. I get sick of the, this crap from these people. That that it, it's insanity. You're right, and and that's all that we need to. Well, in my view, anyway, that's all the time we need to spend on the, the, that BS. Yeah, you know, what does it do? Does it further divide people in another spectrum rather than black and white or religion? It divides them on history is a lie. I mean, I... well, you know, I think I think what it is, Stan, is that. Since nine eleven, you have a lot of people looking at things through through different lenses. You have the the conspiracy. I think it's bottom line. They're trying to marginalize legitimate conspiracy theories by by polluting it with semi believable made up things. I, I don't know. I believe All it has information. Is what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, because it will be true. Because if you think about it, specifically the flat Earth. I want to know, A, who threw that out there? Because it just came out again. I don't know if it was out before, but it just came out recently. And it seemed like some people gravitated to it and believed it, regardless of any information or evidence presented to them. And I think that whatever is picked up, the disinformation that's thrown out there that, that people seem to gravitate towards, uh, I think that's then, you know, um, what would you say? It was, it's uh, backed up by more, um, you know, false and bogus theories on that specific um, line of thinking. But it is to confuse people and to further divide them and to make them look foolish at the same time. Folks, we're talking with Stan Dale. He'll be with us again in the next segment to take us to the end of the show. Don't go anywhere. Standale.com, bookmark his website. We'll be right back. Stay with us. (laughs) 
Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. There shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Erickson. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family, masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? New Year from all of us at Trading Post in the Woods. We pray you have a healthy, safe, and prosperous 2017. And we would like to thank all of you for welcoming us to the Hagman and Hagman family. You're all a very wonderful and special group of people. Because we believe it is so important for you to work and acquire good health this year, we're going to do something that we've never done before as a thank you to you for your support. We're going to make something available that we believe everyone needs. During the month of January, anyone who invests in their health by purchasing either our American Heritage Remedies Kit, our Survivalist Natural Remedies Kit, or $200 in individual remedies of your choice, we're going to give to you our crisis remedy just in case for free. Your health must be a part of your preparation plan. We're here to help you with that journey. May God bless y'all and may God bless America. Happy New Year! Hello, everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Stan Dale is our guest. Uh, as always, what an interesting segment with Stan. Uh, I want to just remind everyone, uh, Randall Terry was on the first, uh, the first seg- or into the first segment. Um, his number for that special, the, the telephone number, get a pen. Ready? Okay. You got five, four, three, two, one, get a pen. There you go. His phone number is 304-289-3700. That's 304-289. Two eight nine three seven zero zero. One more time, three zero four two eight nine three seven zero zero. Give him a call now. Well, or after the show, but give him a call. And, and um, Texas Ready, Texas Ready Seed Banks, highest rated in the world, folks. 
go to texasready.net, texasready.net. They'll teach you how to, how to plant seeds. They'll teach you about seeds, uh, in their kits, their seed bag. Each, each Texas Ready seed bank contains 80 plus varieties of vegetables and fruits, including eight dual purpose herbs. Texas Ready uses only certified seeds. Most seed banks don't because they cost more. Well, they, Texas Ready, they think you're worth it. We think you're worth it. The germination rate on their seeds is outstanding. And if you don't know how to garden, they've got gardening books in the larger kit. The uh, number ten can or the um, uh, uh, the the large. I'm sorry, the larger uh, sized seed bank. So take advantage of that, or you can buy them a la carte. But learn a lot from those manuals. TexasReady.net. TexasReady.net. Guess the Stan Dale. Stan. Um, yeah, it's it's always the Jews' fault when anything uh, you know, the flat Earth, round Earth, dinosaurs, no dinosaurs. It's a bunch of BS. But uh, thanks for walking us through that. Well, yeah, and I mean, look, they they tried to tell you in this book and the videos and stuff that you know the first alleged teeth or parts of teeth in the 1800s was what did it and. They built the whole mystique of dinosaurs after that, but there are reports like in England in 1676 they found a huge thigh bone and they thought it belonged to a giant, but it could possibly have been some a dinosaur. But they didn't realize it at the time. But the Chinese, oh, what is this? Uh, probably nearly 2,000 years ago, found dragon bones in Sichuan, you know, China, where they have all the hot spicy food, and it was written by Chang Ku, and he said that you know that these were dragon bones and certainly if you had a flying winged dinosaur bird and had left a skeleton behind it you could tell it had wings you can see where the legendary winged dragon that is so prominent in the Chinese culture came from so these guys you know they're trying to just play on the the, the people that aren't going to look up and follow facts you know they, they turn into their their smartphone or you know their iPad and they get this the video and they say, wow, that's really neat to know. And then they go on to the next, you know, exciting thing that they're studying that we are reading about and they don't follow it up. Whereas, you know, Holly does this every day. And, 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 uh, when I'm uh, getting stuff like this, I do too, but you follow the sources of the information back and compare it to all the other sources that you can, you can trust. And you see what is true and what is not. And there's a lot of stuff that comes across her desk. I know for news that never makes it out there because when she checks on it, and I've sent her a couple I thought were good, but when she checks on it, they aren't good, and I agree. So anyway, that's that's so that conspiracy thing for for yeah. dinosaurs. I mean, that, that's just idiocy. And and you know, your flat earthers out there probably going to get all excited, but I still go back to the oldest um, uh, video footage, you know, film footage that I could find in war just at the close of World War II when we were testing the German B two rockets over California. And I did the study on your program, gosh, months ago, which showed the curvature of the Earth in the missile camera as it went up, you know, in the nose cone. And I was able to locate the exact portion of the California coastline that uh, over which this uh, picture was taken while the rocket was accelerating up. And I put a, um, some lines on it, circles and lines outlining the coastline, showing the, the, the circular form of it. And it was part of a circle, and therefore I could tell the diameter of whatever it was that they that the missile photographed and it came out you know that it was the diameter of the earth of a sphere of the earth's diameter and it was right over that spot where it's supposed to be and the curvature matched the photograph when i calculated too so i know that the flat earthers are just creating you know uh, 
some kind of a false genre of something or other, you know, to to get I don't know, kudos or more views on their website or whatever. Well, they, and they use they, they they use the Bible though. They 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 quote the Bible stand as saying, you know, the pillars of the earth and the four corners and such. To, to yeah, well, let, let me just let me just get, address that. The ancients didn't have you know compasses. I mean, they're really ancients, uh, as far as we know. The four points of the compass were the sun rose on this side, and there was the opposite side over there, and at right angles to that was to the north and to the south. And that's you know they did it by the rising of the sun. That was the four corners and the pillars of the earth. Well, duh. We even modern science and archaeology and geology do point to the fact that there are very dense pedestals on which each major continent sits that connects it to the mantle, and that's the you know the the, the pedestals. It's it doesn't have to be on a flat to be a pedestal and connect to the surface of a sphere, especially when the sphere's relative to the size of the, of the pedestal is so curved. You know, it's so flat relatively to that, and you know the pillars of the earth. Well. They are pillars, but they don't have to be on flat to be a pillar. Yeah. There you go. Look at a thundercloud. You know, uh, that produces like uh, tornadoes, some big thing like that. You see this funnel cloud coming down? The mm-hmm. pillars of the earth are like that upside, you know, turn them upside down. Thin under, you know, or not so wide under the continent that it supports, but then it flares out into that wide thing and, and blends in with the sky. That's the kind of thing, if you look at it upside down, that you would see underneath the continent. The pillars mm-hmm. spoken of there were just supports, not necessarily on flat or anything. They were just supports. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and see, the the there, there's such an irrational... Uh, there's a rational... Uh, irrationality. Irrational, is that a word? Irrational? Yeah, I guess it is. Um, in discussing this, that with people, it's just the, the people uh, will grab onto this with 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 uh, an enthusiasm. I don't quite understand. Um, I, I don't know, but anyway, that's okay. Well, you and I didn't take everything as fact, you know. Uh, in, in the old days, we were trained that way. You challenge things. You uh, sure. hear a rumor, you try to verify it. Well, I mean. A lot of people do. Rather, the others just carry the rumor on and make a rumor market. But we try to prove these things, and when they don't do that these days, uh, they believe the internet. It's on the internet. It's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, you I just tell. I, I got to I just. I just tell people if you you want the experience um, of not verifying facts, just be a an investigator and take the witness stand one time, uh, and, and get eaten up by a um, either a prosecutor or a defense attorney. And I guarantee you, you'll not make that mistake again, and especially if it's in front of a jury and you get chewed up and spit out, and you do it one time, and that's one time too many. I can tell you that. So, um, you know, yeah, you better check your facts. Okay, uh, let me just while we're on that kind of biblical based stuff, uh, image thirty-eight uh, is Genesis history question mark. If you click on that, it'll take you over to their website, to Christian. Uh, movie that's been made, and uh, it's being released in Canada today, um, and you can watch the trailer of it, and then you can get a copy of the uh, DVD within a couple of weeks. I think they can you can order now, but I've seen the early release part of it, uh, the first 15 minutes of it, um, and it shows that, in fact, the book of Genesis is historical. It's not a fable, you know, it is historical. 
and it one of the things that stood out in the beginning there they i think they had um Steve Austin, who did the uh, research in the paper on Mount St. Helens, now formed a miniature Grand Canyon in a few years rather than, you know, centuries of erosion. Um, but anyway, they were looking in the Grand Canyon in, in this uh, video, and they looked up at the formations that you could see all around the edge of the Grand Canyon, and they were level, flat things, uh, you know, one level after another, showing that, you know, this was deposited, they think. You know, in, in traditional science, well, that was deposited during the the, the such and such age, and uh, above it is the next age, and this took you know millions of years between these layers. But a very kind of obvious fact comes out when you're standing there looking at this, and they bring it up. They say, "Yeah, look, do you see all these layers around? Uh, they they're all the same. You go around, all the way around the edge of this great Grand Canyon complex." They are the same thickness. They didn't have erosion due to some river or earthquake or fault lines or anything that happened during the time of the millions of years that passed. These things were laid down from a gigantic volcanic eruption or eruptions in rapid succession, and that's where these layers came from, and the Grand Canyon was formed by uh, in this kind of ash field from this large volcano. The Grand Canyon was formed when the water condensed in the ash and went down to the lower areas and started to flow as a river, and when it did, it weakened the rest of the ash above it, and it fell and made straight, sharp sides to it, like you see there. Same thing happened over in the Golan Heights in Israel, uh, you know, above the Sea of Galilee, you can see the same type of footprint um, that the Grand Canyon has caused by subsidence erosion rather than something chewing away rock and things. And it's stuff like this in this, this video that you can use to witness to folks who say, wait a minute, wait a minute, we're looking at catastrophic young Earth, young universe events, and here's why, and it's a practical thing. And whether they're looking at formations like that, or dinosaurs, or human and dinosaur footprints next to each other in the fossilized uh, you know, riverbeds and things like that, or other things, it's just, uh, you know, yeah, I think they'll be releasing videos of it around the 11th of April, as I recall from the, the, the website. But it's worth seeing the, the, the teaser, the trailer. Um, and it's, in my opinion, one of the, the better, uh, one of the best uh, uh, Christian films about defending the Bible uh, as history rather than fable. And so anyway, go there and have a look. You can click on Image 38 and have a look. It's Genesis History. The website, for those of you just listening, is this is genesishistory.com all run together and uh, yeah and again the, the, there's a free ebook on there uh, for folks who want to download it and um, take advantage of that check out the trailer yeah Definitely I forgot about the yeah, free ebook yeah there it is yeah uh, I do get that down and it uh, has uh, like kind of uh, an outline of what's in the film as well so yeah do that dinosaurs well, history neat stuff <laughs> Stan, we got an email question. Uh, I'm going to just throw this out to you right now. Um, nothing specific, but they want me to ask you about Mount Popocatapat Volcano in Mexico. I don't even know if I pronounced that right. Uh, it, it's Mount Popocatapat. Okay. Uh, they just they said, can you ask Stan? Short. Yeah, they just said, can you ask Stan about this volcano yeah, in Mexico? Sure it is. You can say that. What, uh, well, what do they want me to say about it there's uh, no there's no there's no context and i looked up on uh the last eruption was in november of 2016 so it erupted recently 
Um, it's also one of Mexico's most active volcanoes. But there's nothing specific about what they want to ask you about. I guess, uh, well, is it dangerous? The, is it, uh, I think that it will be dangerous, and, and the, the reason is subjective, not, you know, fact. Uh, I did have a dream vision years ago showing between six and eight volcanoes all erupting from uh, Washington State all the way down. The last one was Popocatépetl in Mexico. Um, and this, er, these eruptions were all when the western shoreline was starting to break up into little island groups in my dream vision. And they were all erupting and throwing ash and fire and water ash over the highways between California and, the, you know, across the Rockies to safety. Uh, people were sliding off of the things into the ditch and couldn't get their cars to, you know, to negotiate uh, the passage through to the, the safe zone. So, yeah, that, the only thing I know about that, and, and other things, I've seen, you know, the images on the Internet, uh, which I don't know whether they were, you know, Photoshopped or what, showing bright lights and triangular craft over Popo uh, in, you know, daylight shots. And some at one was in a night shot. So they're saying, I'm perhaps thinking they're saying, was there a, you know, a UFO type connection with Popo? And all I can say is I've seen photos of it. I have not been able to prove them to be fake, but that's kind of all I can say about Popo. Okay. Okay, that we're, we're, we're all right. um, Yeah. Number 44 on your show images page. Um, yeah. This, oh, yeah. Caught, this caught my eye. Yeah, let's, yeah let's did talk you click on it and go to the website? Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling it up. In the type right below, you can go to the website. But if you click on the picture, it shows a mansion with a private pond and gardens and beautiful old world stuff. And at the very top of that page is an eyeball like the Illuminati. You see it up there in the top yeah. of the page? Yeah, and there's a, a, a round wheel with an oval around it and then yeah. some rays uh, coming out the bottom. Well, this is apparently, I don't know how old the initiative is, called the Tiringham Initiative over in England. And they show this big property, and they're having speakers that are New Age speakers, you know, all over the planet. Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're all just totally New Age. But uh, they're saying this is a new think tank. They're, they're getting uh, people together to uh, be part of this think tank. And, uh, you know, uh, they quote people like uh, Krishnamurti, and uh, they have... Uh, discussions or le lectures and meetings with uh, uh, the planetary initi uh, initiation with uh, Daniel Pinchbeck and Bobby Klein, people I've never really heard much about. But looks like the outside of my like house. Say again? Sorry. Uh, just looks like the outside of my house, actually. I was um, say, well, that explains a lot. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Again, cue the emails. Yeah. So, sorry right. about that. I, I just had to toss that in there because obviously somebody's going to say, oh, well, yeah, you know. It, wow. You find the but interesting. But anyway, interesting I mean, things. I don't know that we need to know the think tank about anything, but the fact that they're doing this and moving toward, you know, the peace, love, and harmony thing, and uh, uh, we've got the very real possibility of disclosure about the truth about the alien, you know, visitation of the planet or, or invasion, whatever you want to call it. But it looks like all these new age things are starting to just sprout up and flourish and be officialdom to tell people that don't know any better that got to trust the aliens. They're our elder brothers in space. and They helped make the Earth and modified our gene pool and all kinds of stuff like that. So when I, I saw this, uh, I, I think someone sent me an email about it, and I thought, right. <laughs> I don't think this is something we want to do. But um, anyway. Hmm. 
I got to tell you, Stan. I, I just just one more thing about all of that. It, it just seems to me like there's a lot of people that have been previously um, talking uh, normal, sensible doctrine, kind of just taking leave of their senses. I've, I've just seen so many people kind of go off the rails in certain things of late. I don't know. It, it, I don't know. I don't. I don't well, even know how to explain it. I think there's a lot of stress in the community over the varying things that are trying to rip the community apart from this aspect or that, to, to, to divide, you know, to create chaos. And that's the signature of Satan's operation. It's, he's uh, trying to destroy everything and turn it into chaos, whereas God creates and makes things work together in harmony. In fact, I use that as a definition of love, whether it be uh, love of a pet, love of a loved one, you know, like a, a spouse, a girlfriend, or love of a brother in the faith. All these types of love are where things are working in harmony to different degrees and to different goals, but working in harmony. And that's order. And to me, that separates what is God and what is not God, things that create chaos. I mean, look at the idiots out in the street, you know, with banners and and, uh, the thousands of them protesting and trying to stop work and they're being very vitriolic in their attacks of the the uh, Trump administration. And this is, you know, it's not an orderly thing when they, they have to be stopped with tear gas and, you know, uh, rubber bullets and stuff. It's creating chaos. Do you see, well, no, and, and I think I think that's so relevant, uh, Stan. It, it uh, you know, God is not the author of confusion nor chaos, and we're seeing chaos take root all across the country all across the world really and um no i think you just i think it's a very very pertinent point um but i i I just see this really i I see us right now on a path to an american spring that is to say this summer an american spring like an arab spring that violent but then i don't know maybe not but well we know that when it gets warm and that we do see more, you know, physical aggression in the community that's, you know, prone to that kind of stuff because the temperature makes your tempers very short. Um, you know, uh, I, uh, a thing keeps cross, you know, crossing my mind when I, uh, I think about it. Um, the peace and security when they shall cry peace and safety or security, you know, in the Bible. Um, that's telling us that people are asking for this now already saying can someone you know calm all the chaos and give us peace you know in order and safety um in first thessalonians 5 3 it says for they shall say in that day peace and safety then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a moment of a child and they shall not escape you know uh that as i say that leaves to mind that particular uh, verse because um we are crying out for peace and safety, and it may get to be an even more fervent cry as things fall apart on the planet in the United States in the next few months, as you say. Um, at that time, the people of the earth, the entire people of the earth, not just the leadership, but the people, will want to have peace and security again, and they will cry out for that, and they will be the first ones to sign on under the new world order by the invaders. Uh, you know, Satan's followers and his technology posing as our creator, as little g-gods or supermen. Anyway, as I say, I I get off on tangents, but, you know, that's what I see happening. All right. um, Moving forward from here, Stan, we've got about uh, five minutes left in the show. The 
I'm not sure what number it is. I clicked off the the show images page onto one of the articles. The the uh, redundant federal programs that lead to billions yeah. of dollars in waste. <laughs> yeah, yeah, forty five billion dollars, according to the Government Accounting Office, the GAO, is being wasted every year by organizations that are set up to let's say do one task in the government. And there are nine other organizations set up to do the same task with different program numbers and whatever. And so we're paying for nine extra, you know, staffs and expenses for whatever they do there to, you know, to get the job done. And so the link I've got there to the Fiscal Times article does explain in detail what kind of things go on. I think in their example they used, um, oh, the, let's see, Yeah, I'm having trouble getting it to come in now. There are 10 different agencies, it said, within the Department of Health that, uh, Health and Human Services, that are providing similar services relating to AIDS outreach in minority communities. There are also 11 different agencies performing autism research without properly coordinating their efforts. So, you know, when when, uh, President Trump says, I'm going to cut a lot of the fat out of here and get this cleaned up and make the government lean and mean again, you know, tough. Uh, I I support that. This is this is madness. Oh yeah, and this is just, you know, uh <laughs> this is just the very tiny particle on the tip of an iceberg when you talk about waste inside the the government from either programs that are overlapping to um I forget I think it's the Washington Free Beacon that always puts out these erroneous studies that the government does, you know, a million dollars to research how uh, lesbians react to burning charcoal, or um, you know, <laughs> twenty-five grand yeah. to see you know if monkeys can read in the dark, and uh, they they post these every week. But even that, the the waste and the, and the overlap isn't the main cause. It's the fraud and the abuse that we have in our government, and that amounts to I would imagine trillions of dollars every year. But we don't see. I mean, with the media focusing so much on you know Trump's tax returns or the immigration executive orders or whatever the the fake scandal of the day is they could be addressing real issues and and um prompting trump to focus on real problems but with all these distractions nothing's getting done they're already talking about in congress another government shutdown congress is basically worthless they have a a work day of a work month of eight days in april they've done nothing so far since they've uh you know this new uh, congress has been elected and and um since January, and I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, how can how can anybody expect anything to get better in this country when it's just so torn apart and none of the real problems are being addressed? Well, and that stems back to the opposition party, you know, the Democrats, the left-wingers that uh, are so vitriolic in their attacks. They're unfair. They're ungentlemanly. I mean, the way they are trying to say that uh, President Trump and his administration are not legal and shouldn't be there, so therefore we're going to tear you down. Uh, I can't see anything that the administration that we have there has done that could possibly be considered, you know, illegal, immoral, whatever. They are trying to correct a lot of problems. And the left wing, of course, sitting over there trying to tear it all apart. I I don't understand this. I just... Before we get too too close to the thing here, let me uh, say that if you look at the top two images, there are earthquakes in the United States, lower 48 in the last 30 days, and then 30 days for the the planet, uh, images 45 and 47. Uh, I only plotted the earthquakes that were 2.5 or 
one that shows the whole planet the last 30 days. You'll see red and orange dots, which are the, the last week's worth of earthquakes. Now, I've been waking up the last couple of mornings thinking about this for some reason, about the number of subtle larger earthquakes, you know, when I say larger, three, fives, fours that are occurring on the west coast of the United States. If you look, the the major big earthquakes occur from, you know, Indonesia, from, you know, Java there, all the way around to New Zealand and down into the North Island and through the coastline through the Philippines, all the way up into Japan and down the Marianas Trench area there and then over to the Aleutians. But where we are here in the United States, look at the tiny little earthquakes releasing stress, you know, this kind of business as usual, except slightly raised to background level as, as far as how many are occurring in that, that uh, you know, that magnitude range, 2.5 to 4. Now, you can see from a global picture, okay, the northwest United States is not as busy at all compared to the rest of the major fault lines in the West Pacific and part of the Pacific uh, ring of or arc of fire. Now, go back to the image uh, uh, 46 that shows just the United States. You can have a, a look at that. And you'll look. Now, you'll see on this the snap I've done. Uh, give me the wind-up when I'm within about a minute there, guys. I'll try to make this quick. Um, you see little red lines, which are the fault lines that are known and plotted in the western United States and offshore in the Juan de Fuca Plate. This is the last 30 days. Look at where the earthquakes are occurring uh, between Fresno and San Francisco, um, south of Los Angeles toward the uh, Imperial Fault Line and, and the tail end of the San Andreas. These are having little bitty earthquakes, and you think, well, okay, Stanley, they've had this before. But I get a sense in these dream visions I'm getting that there's something uh, raised elevation is showing that it's starting to crack in various places. And I think we're going to see more earthquakes here, just guess. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know why I woke up thinking about this for two nights in a row, but I'm, I'm sharing it with your listeners anyway. We're going to keep our eye on that. Wow. Uh, I'm looking at that graphic. That's... Okay. Well, Stan, you've um, you've wow. taken us a, again to the end of the program. Lots of interesting stuff. Yes. As always. And... Um, it's always yeah. fun to have you on. It really is. Thank you. Well, Thanks for your gift. Doesn't always go in a straight line, does it? <laughs> well, no. It's better that way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and thank Holly for all of this she does with respect to the uh, news. My goodness, I'll tell her. You know, she she does work herself to the bone on that. Getting up sometimes three thirty instead of four, even to get stuff on the website that is important. I don't know how she does it. I mean, I try to read some of the articles myself on the web page. I can't read them all. They're just and yet she's read them and put them up there and uh, sorted them by type of news. And I think, wow, good stuff. Couple well, of have, have a great week, Stan. Yeah. You too, guys. Next week, Lord willing. Amen. Absolutely. That'll do it for us tonight. Until tomorrow, stay safe, God bless, and have a great evening.